The Intermediate Line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. Intermediate line is brought to you by nervouswater.com.au, Thomas and Thomas Rods, Shilton Reels and Cortland Lines. Ketterfly, Australian made apparel, made by Flighty Shows for Flighty Shows. Powerpole, total boat control. These brushes, we stay in our lane of experience so we can improve your experience. to the only fly fishing podcast that will never give you up, let you down, <laughs> run you around, or desert you. <laughs> That's right. I think we can make that claim with all the confidence in the world. Volts, what do you think? It's not false advertising. It's 100% false true. I think, uh, you know, between you and me and the customers, you know, we have known each other for so long. And um, I feel like we're on that level. <laughs> we sure are, Chris Astley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a solid guy. Solid guy. I think that's all he had too, is one hit. But um... really? <laughs> <laughs> mate, the angry Adams fly is not a one hit wonder, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. Uh, so um <laughs> Last show uh, for the year, bro. Yeah, last show, buddy. Um uh, you know, it's been a it's been a good year, it's been an exciting year, it's been a long year. Yeah. There's been mm. some ups, there's been some downs. <laughs> there's been some sideways. There's, some been, plenty of, there's been plenty of sideways. Yeah. Uh, you know, mm. there's a lot of the shows that haven't stopped at the show for us, you know, if you know what I'm saying. But, you know, it's, it's all part of the uh, part of the train ride. Sure is, mate. It, it 100% is. And um, uh, thanks for coming back too, by the way. Um, I handled last week by myself, um, last episode, I should say, by myself. As, as you know, you, you edited it and uploaded it. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing that there's someone out there like John who's so generous with his time. But, yep. um, yeah, man, it's, uh, i tell you what, it's good to have you back. Thanks, man. So uh, I have been away, and, and I must say an apology to John because I actually put up the wrong name of his organisation in haste uh, for going away. 
I actually edited that podcast down um, with about, I don't know, I had an hour to leave to head to a plane. And, um, mate, I did my best. And my sincerest contrapibularities, John. <laughs> Contra- I'm going to Google that. Oh, no, contrapibularities? Yeah, yeah. Is it yeah. apologies? Does it mean apologies? Mate, I think it's best to be uh, defined by your own words once you learn the definition. It's just one yeah. of those words, mate. Yeah, okay. Sure. What, what do you say we just leave yeah. that for homework, eh? I mean, it might make for yeah. a bit of a boring show. Yeah, yeah. Um, down. Yeah, yeah contrafibularities, mate. Contra. It, it's, it's spelled as it sounds. Okay. Yeah, it's hominin. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so where'd you go? What'd you do? What'd you catch? When'd you get back? Let's go. All right. So, um, okay. So I just spent a week with uh, Rod Collings, Rodney Collings from um, AFO and um, avid listeners and avid people of the fly fishing game in Australia would know that Rod um, recently just, well, he's just spent his first 12 months in taking over, um, you know, the uh, the OG outfit of um, Australian fly fishing outfitters, which was previously owned and operated by Dave Bradley. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, it's, ironically, I'm, I bookended um, Rodney's first year. I was his first client last year and I was his last client this year. Um, so that was, um, that was pretty interesting, uh, a little bit of a tidbit fact, but after the last time I went, I had such a great time, and I was telling my friend um, Danny Dingle um, about it, and um, and he was he floated the idea, let's book again. So yeah, I booked not long after leaving, yeah, coming back from last year. Um, but through a circum- uh, sequence of, of events, um, Dan owns his own tattoo shop, and um, you know he's had some renovations there, and he had some car problems, and and um, look, it was it was not worth his, he just couldn't make it essentially, so. Uh, one, two became one, and that was me. I was uh, the one that was left over, and um, so it ended up being me, just me and Rod again, which was cool. Yep. I yep. mean, it was cool, but yeah, Dan was very much missed. You know, Dan's a very, very good friend of mine, and um, I was really looking forward to fishing with him and showing that stuff because it's a uh, that circuit of what we did of going to Peter Faust Dam and then fishing the salt around the Whitsundays is a fucking great circuit, man. Such a such an epic part of the world that. You know, it's 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 very cool. You know, that's the thing with fishing with rod. Like I can, I can catch, I can drive personally and and without a guide and go and catch all those species. Um, well, let's just say potentially, but you know, very good chance for the majority of them within my own driving range. But rod is such a good guide, and um, and I really see the value in in doing that. You know, um, for someone who can, you know, like I said, can catch the catch those species himself. Um, you know, rod. It's just such enhances the experience to have someone like Rod who's got excellent experience. Who's just, you know, just it's I can't explain it, but I'm sure you're picking up what I'm putting down. You know, like it's um, it's not it's not a trip. It's not the sort of trip for me that I need to be like, oh, I can't wait to fly from a place that doesn't have these species to have my once a year sojourn. It's the experience with Rod, and he he brings it, man. I I really uh, can't express that enough. He he. he for someone, I, I feel as though I'm reasonably experienced with with all the species that we we caught, uh, except for except for permit. I'm not experienced with that, but um, it was um, it's just a great experience to do to do that with someone who's also experienced with that Mav. You know the the outfit that he's got. It's cool. Well, I had a great time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good, man. Because Rodney, um, yeah, pe- people think. Well, some people you talk to think Rodney's just um, Hinchinbrook. Uh, but they they forget that he um, spent a large part of his junior life. Well, you know, he's been on the podcast before. You can go listen to it. He spent a yeah. lot of time down that way. 
Um, yeah. And in fact, if you go have a perv through um, <clears throat> through uh, Andy Thompson's old videos, Rodney is in uh, some of the early ones of that. He catches a stonker bar out of Faust. Yeah, that's a meter twenty-three. I, we actually fished that bank. We we were talking about that on the time. We actually talked about it the last time as well. But yeah, that's a great video. That one. That's um. That's awesome. I didn't when I saw that video and I saw that fish tailing in the weed and those guys approach it. I thought you guys are fucked, man. There is no way that's coming out. <laughs> Such a good video. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So for those who don't know, I mean, yeah, that's the circuit. I think I mentioned it earlier. Um, Peter Faust Dam or Lake Lake Proserpine, or as it's known after this trip. Lake Frothapine. Um, <laughs> How did you get that name, mate? Uh, I'm an idiot, and it just hit my head one day, and I just have no filter, and it just came out of my mouth, and um, it surprised me as much as it surprised Rodney, but it stuck. Frothapine. Love it. Yeah. Would like yeah. a name you'd come up with in a cafe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Frothapine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that's um, – Matt, that would be a good name for a coffee shop in, in Proserpine, eh? Yeah. Yeah, would I? Broth of pine, yep. <laughs> yeah, man. But anyway. So, um, yeah, so you, you got into the barrows up there, right? So All right, so let me let me paint the picture for you, right? From Right from the start, right? So uh-huh. it was only – Dan only pulled the pin like a, a week before we were going. Like it was just a, 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 um, a set of circumstances that he couldn't help, right? So I was going by myself. Um, you know, I was flat out at work all the way up to it. Uh, like I said, I edited the podcast like with an hour before having to leave, you know, I – Got there with just within the site, the time limits and stuff. It was rush, rush, rush. Well, travel, you know, running, waiting. Anyway, got to got to Frothapine about three thirty. Um, flew, uh, plane touched down three thirty. Got bags. Probably in the car with Rod by about four. Rod drives us straight to Camp Kanga, where where, where he's got the accommodation lined up there. Uh, we dropped out. He got, I had a cabin to myself, which was part of the deal, and um, Rod had one for himself as well. And then. Uh, Put the air conditioner on, dropped the bags off. I, I grabbed one rod, I rigged it up out on the boat. And by, uh, we are on the water by four. By six o'clock, I had the first fish in the boat. It was pretty fucking cool. You know, you're like, Ooh. yeah. Uh, and, and I probably should have got more, but I was such a chatty Cathy because I get along really well with Rod. I found myself talking, flies out in the water. I'm using one hand to talk like I'm Italian or something like that. Next minute, boom, like big hit. I'm like, oh, fuck, missed one. <laughs> And <laughs> and um, so it was, it, you know, the the um the froth was high, you know, the, the 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 energy was high. It was pretty cool. Yeah, um, so that was the first night. I think I ended up getting um, I think it was I don't think it was a big fish. I think it was probably like you know maybe eighty centimeters or something like that. Um, and I caught that on a on just on a regular game changer. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool. Next morning, got up, did some exploring. Um. I, I, I really I really can't remember the sequence of the fish came in. I really can't. It's sort of a little bit of a blur to me. But, you know, most mornings we caught fish. Um, some of the afternoons were tough, you know. Um, but that's basically what we were doing is we were launching launching at around 4 o'clock, in, uh, sorry, 5 o'clock in the morning, um, fishing fish until about 10. We'd come in, we'd have a camp, like under air conditioning, just, just you know, just crash out, get up about 3, you know, um, uh, have something to eat, um, go back out, be on the water by maybe four thirty, five o'clock, and then fish till about maybe an hour after dark. Um, I don't know if Rod wants me saying that, but I mean it's not, it's not. Impound barrel fishing is not for everyone, eh? It that's a great place, and Rod is a great guy for that stuff. But fuck me, it's a grind, eh? It really, really is. You know, like you're um, you're casting all the all the, the whole time. You know, like it, there was no floaters this time. 
yep. for those who may remember, or you know, we were talking about um, sight fishing for Barrett. Faust didn't happen this time. For some reason, the fish didn't come up. There was nothing like that at all. It was all uh, the sort of pound of Barrett fishing you'd expect in any other dam, I guess you could yeah. say. Um, so, um, without giving away any spots, was are you talking about um, how you'd target them or where you'd target them? Or Yeah, well, um, okay, so, you know, uh, I, I've done a lot of this myself. Rod's done a lot of it himself. So, you know, we, we had, you know, detailed discussions and, and made strategies about <laughs> what we wanted to do. So, mm-hmm. uh, in the morning, we both agreed on a spot that we knew that there would be transient fish either moving uh, there's a spot that that um, we we believe that they would either move into the basin to feed at night, or um, or, or moving out of the basin, like to move back up to the arms to lay up for the day in the morning. Right? Um, it's a it's a technique that um, it's actually a technique that Trevor Burgess showed me um, for in a longer um, in some places there, and it works quite well. In Faust, it works incredibly well. You know, it's uh, it's a bit hit and miss in other dams, but that place seems to be a lot more predictable. Uh, in my opinion, than, than other other dams, um, which is the reason why I like it so much, really. Um, uh, having only been there twice, I've got nothing but praise for that place. Anyway, so in the morning, we were, we were picking those spots on the on, on the weed edges, you know, um, for, until the sun came up pretty high. And then we would start to um, move around, like went up went up the Proserpine River and we're fishing the standing timber, um, went into that, went into some of those places where, People who know the dam, this is no secret. Like there's places where like tracks have been bulldozed down before the dam was full, and there's log jams that are about five meters down, and and we'll target and fish there and things like that as well. So there's a there's a big variety. You're moving around a lot. There's not a lot of time to be bored, um, but you know it's a lot of casting. There's there's no two ways about it. We we spoke about on the previous podcast about um, you know blisters on your hands and stuff like that. Ironically, that happened to me. On the, on the fucking first day, you know, <laughs> and wow. uh, nothing that a bit of cohesive tape wouldn't fix. But um, yeah, it's just those. It's just you know, you, you consistently casting. Like on the weed edges, you're you're pinging out, you're pinging out a, like as as far as you can. You know, like like I think, I think you know, like um, most circumstances, I'm I'm averaging like 85, 90 foot cast uh, all day. You know, sometimes a lot less. Some you know, sometimes I might go to the full line. Um, but I think that's a pretty good average. I think actually think that's pretty conservative. But it's it's hard on your hands, you know, hard on your skin, especially for a, a, a piss weak person who makes brushes for a living. You know, I don't have I don't have concrete as hands anymore. Let's put it that way. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm delicate, and um, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it ripped, it ripped me up a little bit, Layla. But uh, it's Tell like I said. Some, sorry, sorry yeah? to jump in. I just want to know about before we move on from that about the tackle. Um, lines and, and you know, yeah I want yeah want to share that so um this is this time was the first time I um I used a fast sink line during the day a lot I after the last time I was there that weed is so different to what I'm used to in the southern dance it's a much harder weed like I I found last time like things like the bendbacks were just sitting on top of it you know and mm-hmm. um, with an intermediate line it wasn't it wasn't enough like the fly wasn't heavy enough and it wasn't enough to pull it through um, I really like fishing the weed. I, I think I believe that the weed is, like I've mentioned on the podcast before, like you know when the fish sit against it with their lateral line, I believe that they use it like a spider web, and I think they can hunt small prey down whilst concealing themselves. Um, that particular weed up there, I believe, is almost like a canopy. You know, like it's it's a lot denser on the top than it is underneath. 
And, um, and I wanted to bring that fast sync line. And uh, I mentioned on social media as well about the chin-weighted angry atoms and stuff like that to just bust through that weed. And it worked really well uh, in that yeah. circumstance. You know, so I was using, I was using, I had two 10-weight rods. Uh, well, one's a 10-weight equivalent. It's not labeled 10-weight, but I was using a 10-weight sextant um, and I was using the ten, um, a 350 grain Exocet too. Um, I was running the the, uh, the that Cortland Compact Six, so it's like a compact head uh, fast sync line on the Exocet, um, and I was running the Compact Intermediate on the um, on the Sextant, you know, the intermediate an intermediate line. Yep. So I, w- I was keeping a bend back on the uh, fast sync line, and I was using a slow water game changer on the um, on the intermediate line. Um, so those are the two setups that I would have, and I would vary those depending on what was going on. Um, you know, some of those. Some of those places, like points and stuff, as we're moving around the dam, some of the weed is just in columns. Like it looks like a like a underwater barra skirmish circuit. You know, just looks like heaps of structure they can hide behind. And in that circumstance, I was more than happy in about two or three meters to be using an intermediate line. Yep. Excuse me. Um, yeah. So that's in that circumstance that I was using both setups. I was running um, straight through sixty pound uh, Cortland uh, fluorocarbon. Um, and I was running that same knot I was used, I talked about last year, which was that improved Homer Rhodes knot, you know, and that just makes those flies just swim super straight, you know, particularly with such a heavy leader. It's just, it's just such a straight, um, you know, it really improves the action of the fly in my opinion. So, and, um, yeah, there, there was, it was, that's what I was, that's basically what I was using. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that's interesting. And, um, <clears throat> that exercise, we, we spoke about that, um, we spoke. Well, we spoke about the predator one. Correct. Is the this is the three fifty grain one, right? That's right. Yep. So the three fifty grain is the equivalent of a, a nine ten weight, if you like. Um, yeah. It's it's eight foot six. Pretty sure. Top of my head. Pretty sure it is. It might be eight foot eight foot four. Um, anyway, it's it's the shorter rod. Um, and in that circumstance, to what I get out of that shorter rod is just tighter loops. You know, it's just uh, it's just. Um, my, my casting arc above my straight line path is just a lot smaller and um and that's what it does yeah right yeah but, yeah eight, eight foot eight hands up yeah yeah um so that's that's the way i i um i perceive that rod to have its advantages it's good it's good for lifting it's a strong rod and and the 350 grain line well the the comp the, sorry the compact six in the 910 is 350 grains and it matches that rod so perfectly you know i was it was so i was it was such a nice rod to just be casting all day <clears throat> it was it was quite effortless in most circumstances like the wind was getting up you know you're, you're fishing 15 knots it might be gusting close to 20 like it's white capping um you know waves are coming over the front you like i had to stand in the floor section of the boat because my line would have just blown off the side into the water which makes it hard to cast so yep. i found myself in some circumstances Stripping like I'd fish the line, I'd strip it into um, I'd strip it into the floor. Then I'd stand up onto the casting platform to cast. Or I found myself just staying on the floor and just trying to avoid things like the polling platform and the um, lean bar and just casting around with it anyway. You know, just getting getting lazy. But it wasn't too. It was really nice, man. It was just just such a nice rod to cast. I mean, they both are. But the Exocet was the first big run I given that rod. That's for sure. It was good. Yeah. And, yeah. and had no trouble lifting um, and backcasting the sinking lines out of the water. Oh, not at all, not at all. Like covering ground with it because that short taper, you know, like you, you can fish it, you fish it all the way in, and uh, you know, like you, you you might do like chuck it out, like flop it out 
waterhaul, back cast, lets them line out, forward cast, back cast, shoot. And all the grains are out of the rod tip, like pretty quickly. In fact, that's probably the biggest disadvantage to that line is that you can carry too much line, you know, if you're not if you're not used to it. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, like it's it's got a really distinct color change between the green running line and the and the the tungsten in, you know, it tucks the tungsten coated head, you know, with the black black tungsten. And where that, I find that if you've got this line, this might be a good tip for you. But wherever that, where that color change happens, that's a great point to shoot. You know, if you if you're letting line out past that, it can sometimes be too much line out of the rod tip. Yep. So, for covering water and you know ping and cast, you know like eighty to ninety feet, um, or even if you're sixty to seventy feet, you know like um, it's it's pretty effortless with you know one or two false casts just to uh just to be crew just covering water basically yeah 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 no that that sounds ultra efficient which is important like you mentioned if it's you know blowing 20s and and your white cap and you, you don't want to be fucking around too much with with false casting and you know you really want to be efficient in your uh, in your fishing deliveries yeah um, yeah yeah shit. absolutely um I- yeah you go I was going to say, like you know, like I, I did mention that we, you know, we did catch fish, like you know, every time, every time we went out, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't cricket scores. Um, I want to tell you about, I want to tell you about a, a crushing low that um, that happened to me, um, which was sort of, sort of, it, it seems appropriate off the back of what we we're just talking about there. Um, right. So one afternoon, you know, anyone who's done impound barrel fishing will know. Like, there's one afternoon there, actually, this session. I'm thinking how I don't want to give. All, I want. I want to. I want to get the sledgehammer of how dumb this was without giving too much away. So I'm just trying to think of the best way to um, construct this story. But I think most people who fish lakes and stuff like that, if you've had a long day, um, the sun's going down. The sun's not in the sky. The rise down. The glow starts. It's magic hour, and you've had a long, long day. You, you're so tired. You, you're just going through the motions, like you know, like it's. You know, you're casting because you're there, and you know that you'll regret if you don't keep casting if you're back at home, sort of feeling. You know, I was just in the in the motions of it, right? And one cast, I was casting. I was standing on the transom, and one of the casts came through, and it um it came under. Um, you know, the 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 fly dropped through the cast. Um, I made a hundred casts over the top of that polling platform all day, but like this one just came through and dropped and just went smack into the um into the polling platform, right? Just stopped the fly dead, you know, and um. Um, I don't know, you know, like it's, 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 it's energy sapping for both of us. Rod's right there with you. Now I, I, I would imagine that as a guide, particularly for a guide like Rod, you're like a drone to him. You know, you're like, you're like a, um, you're like a, a tool that he fishes through. And if you fuck up, it's disappointing for him as well. Now Rod's a ultra positive dude, massive, massive positive mental attitude dude. You know, I'm sure he's not going to get upset when you fuck up, but it's just like, ah, you know, no worries. Let's get it back in the water, sort of thing. You know, and that's exactly what we did. Just got it back in the water. Anyway, so I'm just going through the motion. I'm just in it, like no one's talking. We're both beat, and then all of a sudden, mate, this thing just fucking grabbed my fly and just cut the shit out of my fingers and just ripped line out of my hands. Now I've said many times on this podcast that I don't like giving barrel line, um, and I'd already caught a couple of nineties. I've already caught a meter plus fish in this in this trip already. And this thing was the fucking fish I was looking for for a fucking long time, mate. It was a, I didn't see it. As you can see, this is why I didn't want to, I'm wondering how to construct this story. I didn't want to give this away. But yeah, I dropped that fish. It just ripped line out. It got to a point where I realized I wasn't going to stop that thing. And then I started managing line to come through off the floor and get that thing onto the reel. 
which in my whole career would have been the third empowerment barrel ever to get me on the reel. Um, so it, it 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 grabbed the fly and probably ran with about, I don't know, 20, 30 feet of line sort of thing, you know? I was about halfway in and just, just started running like that and then it dropped the fly. Holy shit, I was gutted. That moment where it dropped the fly and the, and the tension came off felt like 10 minutes. I felt like I had that song in my head like, Hello, darkness, my old friend, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was so yeah. gutted. I mean, Rod's probably listening to this and going, laughing his guts out because, mate, I tell you, I was inconsolable. I was not happy, eh? And um, got the fly in. There would have been, the been uh, eight, that's an 18-foot boat. Rod would have been grateful for every one of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. mate, there was, no, there was no Tasmanian <laughs> Devil Act going on, that's for sure. But, <laughs> but you know, I was noticeably not in a chatty mood, let's put it that way, for um, for a couple of minutes. Um, yeah. Uh Oh, not even that long. I mean, because that wasn't the extent of the disappointment dropping that fish. Got the fly in, um, in the time it took me just to strip it in. Rod's gone, give me a look at that fly. And I've gone, not before I ever fucking look. And then I grabbed it and I looked at it and I've gone, oh, holy fuck, man. Like, the, the hook point looked like the end of a fucking elf shoe, mate. It was curled all the way in from it hitting that fucking polling platform, you know? Oh, I was so gutted, man. I was just like, what a dumb dumb thing that that is such driver error just so dull just like i i've dropped i've dropped plenty of man. like i mean they spit the hook they they hit they miss they they do all sorts of stuff they tell you up whatever it doesn't really worry me in fact i get a buzz out of the whole experience but when it's driver error and something so stupid like that and and being such a potentially large fish it was a hard pill to swallow eh? very hard <sighs> Yeah, yeah, those things are bloody. Um, you know, like you said, the the bites can be inconsistent depending on where you are and you know what what's happening. And you know, you 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 earn every you, you earn every eat for that to happen. Just just be so so grubby, bloody. Yeah, grubby. man. So in that circumstance, I'll go back a little bit in time. Like so, I mentioned when we launched. You know, so you got an idea when we launched. We wanted to. We like, there were there was a lot of people at this spot, right, uh, and on the dam at the time, and we wanted to claim this spot. Rodney told me that a couple of weeks earlier he was out there with a client, and he, they got out there a bit later, and there was a dude on their spot. Another dude's come to Rod and going, "Hey, you're in my spot." Like as you talked about when you were there, you know, like some people can be pretty aggressive and don't give a shit about what you're doing, you know, at all. <laughs> Hang so, on, someone up to Rod and said that you're in my spot. Yeah, yeah, well, okay. yeah. Anyway, so um, so we we went we went straight to this spot, knowing full well it was hours too early just to camp up. But you know, you're casting there. You know, you might stop for a drink. There's nothing coming through on the sounder. And that particular day, there was nothing moving on the sounder before that thing ate. And we were there. We got out there about four o'clock. That thing ate at about um, six thirty. So I'd already done two and a half hours of just casting. Um, uh, like I, I can't remember if it was the second or third day. I really can't remember. Um, I think it was the second day. Um. Anyway, it doesn't matter, but you know, like it was, it was just two and a half hours of casting and nothing happening, nothing coming through on the sound. It was just hail mary stuff. Then all of a sudden, all hell broke loose like that. Uber disappointment in 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 what happened, as well as my own performance is about not checking that hook. And then to add, um, you know, insult to injury, I suppose, like with the whole the whole night, nothing else happened. Not another bite. Not another fish came through on the sander. That was it. That was the one opportunity we had all night. I was so gutted, you know. So after that, when 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 those days happen, like um, you know, we we're out there fishing and stuff like that. We come in, it was you know 
gets dark about I don't know seven, you know, quarter past seven. So we're out to about quarter past eight. Rod comes in. The day's not over for Rod. And like you know, he gets back. He cooks dinner. He washes up and stuff like that. And then, then he sits there and drinks with you and stuff. And then next thing you know, it's eleven o'clock. So then you you know like you got to well you got to have a shower all that sort of stuff. It's eleven eleven thirty whatever. And you got to be up at four o'clock in the morning the next day. You know, and it's just it's it's grueling. Hey, it really is. You know, and and when you got that level of depression there <laughs> with that, it's um it's it's you got to be mentally tough. Hey, you really do. I reckon. Yep. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So after that, uh, what was good that then um, we, we, the next morning we went back to the same spot, uh, not because of that fish, but because you know the reason I mentioned earlier. You know, it's a it's a it's a reason it's a spot that makes sense in those low light conditions. Um, second cast, ninety second next um, fourth cast of the day. Two casts after that fish, another one. Um, I think we dropped another one, and then um, and then it all it all just sort of quietened down. You know, um, that particular morning, there was a there was another like four or five boats it, it, so close to us, like you could like read the register numbers, you know, like right next, really, really close to us, you know. Um, not, lure, I don't, hey, lure, lure fishermen, all lure fishermen, right? And they watched that whole thing. And I tell you, man, I, I, I um, it's pretty satisfying, eh, when you, when you, um, you know, you, you're at the burrow, you're talking to people, and they're like, oh, how you going? Yeah, good. What are you using? Fly, uh. Geez, you must you must really uh, be patient. You know all these sort of comments like that, um, and you're explaining how effective fly can be, but they don't see it. You know, like I mean, they're not they don't probably follow social media or like I don't I don't know who they are. You know, but then for them to watch it, you know, I mean, if the shoe was on the other foot, and I was watching these these lure fishermen, you know, catching two and two casts and like a, a half an hour of mayhem or something like that. You know, you'd be like, God, man, what am I doing wrong? You know, it'd be it would be hard not to question yourself. You know. It's on the, along those lines, eh? Like, um, I don't really involve myself in the caravan park talk. You know, um, you know, Rod, Rod does a bit. I don't really get into it much um, for for this reason. You know, like that if they start talking about it being tough, and if I was doing it tough, it just fucks with my head. I don't, I don't like. I like being present in the moment, being confident in my decision where I'm at, and I think that any external influences as to the decision making process as to why you're there aren't good. But in this circumstance, you know, we're, we're going all right. And it was really good to hear that you know that the other guys in the in at Camp Kanga and the other guys at the boat ramp and anyone who would talk to us who would tell us was all doing it tough. Like a lot of guys were coming in donutting. I'm not going to mention the other. The, there's a, there's another guy out in the water. I'm not going to mention his name or even hint to who, who it was. Even on DM, if people ask me, I, I really don't think that's appropriate. But I will say that um, two separate mornings, I spoke to two separate of his clients, and and after they come in around ten as well, and you know both of them said that we got nothing, you know. No, and they were really close to us at that stage, at that on that morning, that particular morning. Really. So it was, so it was good to see the fly fishing working so well. You know, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yep. That would have been gratifying. Yeah. Well, it, it is because you know you put all that effort into fly fishing, you put all that effort in, you know, and all that sort of stuff, and uh, with the casting inside, and, and a lot of prep, and a lot of lot of strategic placement of, of where to be or when so it's uh you know a lot a lot that adds up you know for bangler and guide you know really at the end of the day sure sure yeah yeah <clears throat> so um so yeah no that was um that was pretty good um yeah how so did, we were yeah. yeah yeah i was gonna say how how did you find the um the moods of the barrel like were they more aggressive and hitting harder at different you know bite periods or yeah um yeah i definitely like 
this is this is what I reckon. Like, you know, what's a, a classic situation. I reckon. Like, I've heard people say that you know, bendbacks get hits and they miss. You know, and and, and things like that. You're right. So. I spent a, a couple of sessions on just fishing the slow water game changer or I'd fish, you know, and I wouldn't get any hits with it, you know. I mean, the slow water game changer looks like a little swim bait. Like, I don't know how anything could turn that down if it was in the mood to eat. Whereas the the game, the bend back, you can put where fish are laying up, where they're residing, right? And and there's a couple of things that I, I reckon, and I've always, I've thought this for many years, but I thought it might be good because me and Rob were talking about it. And, um, you know, it shines a bit of a light on what's going on. When we get, when we get a hit as people, as humans, we think, we often think, you know, like that fish missed that fly. You know, we see the scuff, 100 mil up in front of the leader. And um, and whether it, and whether it's a, a lure with like six trebles hanging off it or a fly with a single hook, you're often left thinking, how the fuck did that thing miss the hook? You know, like for people who, people who don't know Barramundi, they're an implosion feeder. And, and for however you can imagine this, think of something that's that fast that it can suck in 180 mil, like an, an eight inch fly, not touch the hook and spit it out quicker than you can blink you know like that's how quick it is you know it's super fast so i envisage that like um that these fish are living with the bait from a lot of the time right they would i mean there's just like you would go to a, a large aquarium and you'd see barramundi living it and they'd live they'd live in harmony with bait they're they're obviously well-fed fish in the in the in the in the, um, in the aquariums but these fish aren't mindless eating machines all day every day there's bite windows that they turn on so when you observe these fish bait fish in an aquarium with a barramundi and one might get so close not even a barramundi other fish as well you'll see the larger fish or the fish that's in a uh, a structure situation like an ambush situation or laying up situation will often follow that fish and bite it on the tail and 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 hopefully in a chance to sort of for it to leave it alone I sometimes think that when we're targeting barramundi so closely, we know where they live, we know where they lay up, we know where they're going to move past and all that sort of stuff, that we're going to put a fly like that in its face on purpose. There's going to be times where they're not going to, they're not touching it to eat it. I mean, their mouth is their hands. They're probably like, get the fuck away from me and, and nipping it, you know? Like it's, um whether they're coming at the front of it like a, and hitting the leader first, whatever, sucking it in, sucking it out. You know, they might be experts in doing that. I, I, I really don't know. But, mate, that like that fish that I described earlier that ate that fly with the bent hook and, and ripped off, like when I'm clamping down as hard as I can, like 20 foot of line, that's a fish that wants to eat. You, you know what I mean? Like that's yep. that's a that's an animal that's in a different mood, you know? So now you might be able to work out ways to be able to pin those fish that are just nipping like or, or hitting. But I think that Baron, when they want to eat, it's not a matter of I don't think I even don't think it's the fly. I think I think the um I think that sometimes you might you might get a fish when they're not in the mood to eat, you know, just by enticing with action and stuff like that. But I think the bend back, you know, misses misses a lot of fish or gets a lot of action rather than misses a lot of fish because you're putting it in the weed where where you can't put other flies. You know, you're putting it deep in timber where you can't put other flies. You know, you're walking it over timber, over weed, over spindly sticks where other flies would hang up in a heartbeat. You know, I don't think that. Um, I think that that's that's why that fly gets more hits and probably misses because a the fish may not be in the mood because you're putting it in their face and annoying them, and b you're putting it putting it in places that other fish can't get to. You're, you know what I mean? Uh, sorry, other flies can't get to. Other lures, all that sort of stuff, can't get to. You know, I think I got what you're saying. You know, so yeah. you might be in a way self-selecting fish that are, I can hit anything and then blaming the fly for not getting a hit Is that because. Yeah, that's right. Because other flies can't get there. You can't put them there. You know. Right. Yeah. 
Sure. You know what I mean? I think it's. Uh, I think that potentially is a bit of an unfair thing, because like I mean, through the year I've had plenty of conversations with people that have said that, and and on that first night, like um, the, I was I fished Ben backs for a bit there, and I was I was missing fish, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me, because I very rarely miss fish on those Ben backs. Just seemed to be had the hoodoo put on me. <laughs> That's what it felt like. I'm like, I can't. I just can't believe this is happening. You know, but yeah. um, anyway. Um, that seems to happen at that place more than than anywhere else, in in my opinion, as well. And other places I've fished as well. It's it's a great place. You get a lot of action, that's for sure. But that's just one of my theories. I just think that they live they live in unison with the bait. They're not always eating, and um, you know, like sometimes you can bump them in the head, you know, like and they won't do anything, you know. But when they're in the mood to eat and and they're actively hunting and they want it, you know, that's that's the other thing. I also think that sometimes if if they because. People who are familiar with barramundi will know that their teeth are so abrasive. That's why we use such heavy leader. It's not it's not because of the weight of them, it's because of their abrasion resistance. That if um, sometimes I reckon there's a possibility that they, when they when they engulf a whole fly and you get that scuff on the front of the leader, that they're actually pulling on the leader. They don't even find the hook. You know, they don't even find the fly or whatever. They just there's got to be there's got to be a possibility there where they've just grabbed it, flicked their head, and you feel that hit, and they've let it go in that split second. Um, and what they're actually pulling on that you feel is not them, not the hook, not finding purchase. It's them like grabbing, clamping the down the leader. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, that's a pretty sound reasoning too. You know, yeah. like, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That's it's just. I mean, I've never got underwater and had a in depth conversation with a barramundi, so I don't know. But um, I've heard but, they've got lousy personalities. Eh? <laughs> the personality of a fucking steering wheel, obviously. You know, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah. I'll tell you something else happened. We were on the last last day. We um, oh yeah, I, yeah. I had a, on the on the on the transfer day from when we went to freshwater to the salt. Uh, we went out that morning, and yeah. um, and I dropped two cr- cracker fish there too. One on a game changer, one on a bend back. You know, just unlucky. Yeah. And in those situations where it's hard to get angry with it, that's just that's just what Barra do. You know, they spit. On, you know, but they were they were great rewind, fish. Rewind hey? a bit. Hard hard to get angry. I mean that. Um... You must have been having a great time at this point. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love it how you guys like to perpetuate this, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, I, I'm very, I, I, you know, I'm very passionate about my game. I, I, I find myself getting happy easy, and I find myself getting frustrated easy. But I try yeah. to be present in the moment, and it's very important to me to be um, not optimistic or, or pessimistic, but just as as I find my best fishing comes when I'm when I'm even keel, but. You know, I can't help but be disappointed when something doesn't go my way, and as equally as I am pumped when it does. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, man, I got it. I got it. Yeah, you having fun now? Yep. Cool. I'm always having fun. I, just, <laughs> I love listening to you. Hey, um, I'm not ready to move on to salt yet. By the way, are you? I've got one, one more major question too. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, you mentioned you were fishing slow water game changers on a intermediate, um, compact short. Yep. Um, you want to talk about that? Um, yeah. What do you want to know about it? Well, you know, um, uh, are you uh, are you adjusting those flies any differently for uh, sinking lines? Are you achieving a different action? Yeah. Um, yeah. Run me through that. Yeah. So, um, uh, I, I look. I mean, I'm going to assume that people are playing along at home and they've heard me talk about the slow water game changer and and its inception. You know people probably already know that you were the first one in the world to ever use one. I, I, you, I gave you the very first one that was ever tied um, yeah, yeah. throughout the whole world. 
I got yeah. this massive hit on a point. Um, yeah. Leading, yeah, well, I showed you where. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right on Sunset when I vote. But yeah. Saturday so, yep. even from that point, like that flight, the flight, the slow water game changer, contrary to the video that I made to show how it works, is not a surface flight. It can be used as a surface flight as, as the swim test video on my on my Ammo Flies YouTube video, uh, YouTube channel will show you. But its intention was always to like use buoyancy to keel it and for it to um, not not have a tail that drop vertically or whatever, but to swim like a perfect swim bait, like a perfect fish, you know, and also pause. You can't suspend it. You can't, The only way you can suspend a fly is to keep it floating. People who say they've got flies that suspend are full of shit. Um, suspending flies is um, is not possible, you know. You can have a fly that doesn't sink or float, but the fly line, if it's sinking, is always going to pull it down. <laughs> so I tune those um, the, these game changers for that situation so they would sink really slowly so about the i tried to make it sink around the same um sink rate as the intermediate line so one and a half inches per second right um yep. so yeah so with that when that fly is so unweighted in the water like that like it's so easy just to bump it and it just goes kick to one side and kick the other way and it's just such an attractive slow motion action it's just it's really good you can slow draw it through the water and it'll swim just like just like a conventional timber swim bait, you know, it's, I've got to do a video of the sinking one, you know, I, 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 I plan on doing it. Um, one thing I found with that was that um, I tied that fly and I fished it with Jakey um, a couple of weeks before I went away. Oh, one, well, with the fly I was using on that trip, well, the first one, I used a couple. The hot pink one, um, I put it up on my IG. Um, if, if, you, if you want to see it, just go and have a look at it. Um, so I fished that with Jakey and I fished that on 20 pound fluorocarbon leader that day. I wasn't mindful of this, but it makes sense. And it was swimming beautifully. Like it was sinking perfectly level. The tune was perfect. Now I hooked it up to the, um, 60 pound fluorocarbon and, um, and when you paused it, it would start to sink head first. It's just that heavy fluorocarbon was just pulling it down. Like that's how balanced you can make those things. You know, like if you, I, I always recommend to people when they tie a slow water game changer to, tie it with more foam than you need and have scissors or nail clippers handy on the boat chuck it over the side of the boat and if it's floating just go along all those foam tabs and take off a 15th of a mil you know and then um and just keep doing it until it, it reaches that sink rate that you want if it sinks if it floats in the head or it sinks too much in the head um you know you could hypothetically i've never had to do this but I, I believe that you know if you took out a little bit of super glue and a little bit of foam you could glue a little tab on the end there and correct that you know, it's a completely customizable and, and completely tunable fly. You know, there's a, a lot of thought that's gone into it, um, but the purpose of it is just for action. And uh, whether it's floating, sinking, fast sink, I use it for Jewfish on a fast sink line. Um, yep. I, in this circumstance, I used it on a um, on an intermediate line. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. It's, and it's and the, the aim is to have like a, a horizontal fly, you know, not to correct. Have a, Yep. So yep. I don't want it. I don't want it sinking head first. I don't want it sinking tail first. I don't want it floating, the head floating, and the tail dipping. I want it to be completely level. I want once it stops, I want it to look like a fish that's just sitting there, going, you know, I'm I'm safe. Nothing's going to eat me here. That's what I want it to look like, you know. Sure. And um, and mate, it's it's definitely achieved that. I think for the guys who've tied them, and the guys who fished them, like they've you know they're likely to have seen that. Um, if you, you know you're new to it and you and you're tying them like that and they're not doing what you want, well, it's it's just a matter of playing around with it. Like you'll get it, you know. So, 
um, very proud of it, mate. Very proud of it. Uh, I think um, I think us as Australians should be proud of that one. I reckon it'd be great to see it. Um, I'd love to see it get recognised in the national public publication ca- pub, uh, magazine, but okay. I don't know. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But I mean, it's just it's just something we should be like. There's so many good flies that come out of Australia. We should be proud of. But um, okay, it's just a shame we only got one magazine. Uh, yeah. Anyway, might might speak to Leighton. He's a good dude. See what he reckons. Anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah. Up yeah, man, so, good. yeah, no, that's a it's a killer fly pattern. Um, you know, it's unique. It's a, yeah. I'm not um, a journalist. I got no intention of writing an article for, for my own fly. That's for sure. But yeah, yeah. I'm not a fly tire. I bought mine off um, Plaid at Chad. Uh, oh, fucking Plaid. Chad at Ploy Flies. Ploy yeah. Blood. Yeah. Ties, he ties a great one, man. Ties, ties a really good one. He's uh, and we talk a lot and we you know like uh, the idea is evolving a little bit maybe you know i'm going to redo i'm not going to redo the video i'm going to actually add to the video so people who purchased and bought the um slow water game changer video off beastbrushes.com um they will have another video accessible to them on the same stream so there'll be two videos there surely i just need to get through christmas and and all that sort of carry on then i'll sit down and do it but um i've learned a few more things and i want to work on that i want to demonstrate the sinking fly you know and a, a little bit more of the hydrodynamics of it that I've learned over the time and just to help you sharpen up um, your thing. So, you know, it's not it's not going to be a separate one. It's, it's going to be free to if you've already bought the, the um, video, but it's just going to be a, a separate video that you're going to be able to access in the same stream. Shit, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah, pretty pumped to share it actually because I think this, it takes, I don't, I really don't think they would even bother tying a standard game changer anymore. I really don't. I, I just, I mean, they've been great. And you can do everything you can do, you know, uh, to, to make it happen with, with, you know, materials that work with the buoyancy and the drag and the water and all sorts of stuff. But you just can't fish them as slow as these slow water game changers, you know, and you, and you just can't get that w- super wide action, you know, at all. It's just, yeah, it takes a little bit longer. Probably put another 10 minutes on your tie, but um, so fucking worth it. If that's what you want, that sort of action. Yeah, you sell that foam too, don't you? Oh, it's just three mil foam. You I mean all shops probably sell it, you know? But I think that um, in conjunction, I've actually got a, a new brush that's coming out. Like, yeah, it's going to make them. I've got to test it. I'm giving away a little bit here because it might not work. Um, the same as the trips. I don't. The reason I didn't telegraph it on the show and tell people I'm going is just like um, I like to work on things, these things without without pressure. But I will say this: I've got a a brush that I'm working on um, that will be is that sparse that it'll look almost look see-through so it'll be a translucent looking almost just just because of how sparse it is um uh, brush uh for a for a slow water game changer but without that weight without that water weight it, you're really only casting the hook and the shanks it should be so much easier to cast and so and may not maybe a little bit quicker to tie i don't know i tied one i found it a little bit harder to trim but you know i've probably got a muck around with some technique there but anyway got that in the pipeline as well Wow, that's yeah. what I wait for. I'll be looking forward to that. I'll tell you something else that happened, man. After all that disappointment, are you ready to move on? Sorry, before we go to the salt. <laughs> um, uh, how was Camp Kanga, mate? Nice, really uh, clean, neat. Um, you know, the air conditioning's cold. The um, it's good. Nothing wrong there, man. It's a, it's a very comfortable place. Like uh, easy to the beds are comfortable. The air conditioning's cold. The fridge is cold. The, the the amenities are really clean um you know it's a really well kept uh field i guess you could say or um venue um yeah yeah, yeah. plenty um and and it's a good place to 
Um, you know, safe place to store your boat. You can recharge your batteries. Plenty of power handy. That's what. Yeah. 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 Exactly, mate. It's um, it's great. For, I mean, well, I mean, if you're staying there without rod and you're taking your own boat, yeah, it's great like that. You know, you can. It's great for boats, charging batteries. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I want to tell you. I, I'm kind of itching to tell you something that um that that I mentioned in on um I mentioned on social media about a near death experience. And um, uh-huh. um, that I want to I want to briefly tell you about before we move to the salt. So we were we were packing up to leave to the salt. We come in that morning, um, packing the boat up and all that sort of stuff. And um, you know I know Rod pretty well. So I mean like if you're a normal client, so like, he's you know, he's going to pack everything up. But I and you could just sit there and you know look at look at Instagram or something like that. I'm sure. But I wanted to help, and I said to him he had his push pole um, away from the boat because we weren't fishing any floaters or pushing through any weed there. So he had it sitting on some some vessel blocks beside one of the demountable buildings and um which the boat was really close to like a couple of feet away um i said as he was packing up he was rushing around i just tried to help and i said hey don't forget your push pole dude and um um for people that don't know that thing's about i don't know it's about six meters long and it's all carbon fiber um Mm -hmm. anyway and um so he goes oh yeah can you put that on for me i go yeah no worries so i picked it up i realized it was around the wrong way so i went to spin it around um and i and i tipped it up vertically to spin it around and i don't know why i did this but i looked up and i was about a meter away from touching fucking power lines hey eh? fuck Ooh. i was so so close man like i mean you know the surreal thing when i look back on it was that like there was nothing special i mean as if there would be you know but like there's nothing special happening birds are singing the sun's shining it's a nice day rod's moving around getting ready ready and in a fucking heartbeat i could have been frizzle fry you know big time i could have been dead like so fast i don't know what made me look up there was no reason to look up or anything like that but i but i did and um and then it just and then the, the gravity of what happened just um really hit me you know and i tell you what it washed away all that disappointment about losing that fish it just put everything into fucking perspective you know i thought i thought to myself the people that affected could you imagine rod had to find me there you know i thought my, my family lots of stuff and just like when i got nearly hit by the car i thought to myself what about these poor people who are going to can't, won't have any of the copy from beast brushes anymore all this sort of stuff you know <laughs> what about rod having to give you mouth to mouth he wouldn't oh. have had a chance mate i would have been it, it, like that as you know like if you i mean carbon <laughs> yeah he wouldn't have got the chance he might have tried I don't, i'm not saying that he wouldn't have tr- who knows but um <laughs> it's not for me to say maybe you could send rod a dm but um yeah look it was i mean carbon fiber was in, extre- extremely conductive and if I hit those power lines, I don't think there would have been much of a uh, a warning or a um, a second chance, you know. So, yeah, no, it re- it really um yeah, I, I felt I felt pretty good after it, you know. Like I felt really lucky, and I and I just put everything into perspective of where I was, being present where I was, and how lucky I was to be fishing with Rod in in North Queensland at this time of year and having caught fish, and it was just yeah, just you know, just just a real epiphany sort of thing, I guess you could say. Not really epiphany, but you know what I mean, just a yeah. Um, an experience like that. So yeah, that was that was um, really really interesting. But um, what got better during that day is that yeah we went we went to the salt. Now I'm not going to give away too much for this because Rod's got a Rod's got a part of the world there that he fishes that is pretty fucking incredible, man. And, I, and I'm and I think that you know if you booked with Rod, I don't think he'd be disappointed. I'm sure he'd take take any punter there, but I'm not going to announce it on where it is. But let's just say it's in the Whitsundays area, right? So it's not far from Faust, you know. Yeah, I'm not even going to give away how long it took to get there because you know, I don't want I don't want the internet detectives working on it. Anyway, mm-hmm. 
so we um so we get to the destination um i had my barrel rod just left left it left it on I had the intermediate line on my 10, 10 weight rod just left it all there and uh we went on the flat Instant, immediately there's schools of goldies buzzing around you know and um uh the excitement levels are high put a few casts into to goldies and they were being idiots and i couldn't get one to eat but you know i i, I try to get rid of all my um over you know over excited casts my nervous casts and all that sort of stuff and got a few of those out of the way and then sure a little bit um maybe about an hour into it a few permits started to show up on the flat you know um so i was fishing a, um, a, um, a shrimp fly with them and uh, put a few casts into some big permit man some, some just big permit that just started to have that shape of like just this really square head you know just just big fish like you you if you're listening to this by now you've probably seen that 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 one i put up um on my page rod's put it up now since and that one went on the brag mat um 83 84 centimeters like you know like i don't know what his brag mat's like it could be shrunk it could be bigger than that i don't know but um could be smaller than that i don't know but that was a pretty big pretty decent fish and these fish were dwarfing that one for sure <laughs> yep pretty big so we um i i cast a shrimp fly at him and because there was goldies around and we didn't know there was gonna be more permits show up and the goldies were refusing that shrimp fly uh i chucked on a little marabou shrimp just this tiny little shrimp the tiny little marabou shrimp and um again had another permit come over and look at it tip on it eyeball it then take off um it was it was it was getting a bit um soul shattering because the the goldies on this particular flat were just so hard man i mean i got goldies where i live um i've fished from in several places up and down the east coast west coast the cape i've not i've not seen goldies behave so stupidly before <laughs> I've never seen them so be so so challenging. So it was getting a pretty, you know, it was a long day. You know, we just come from Frother Pine, and um, yeah, that happened. But um, yeah, so <laughs> decided decided to leave the goals alone and just just target any other permit that came through. And yeah, um, yeah a few permit came through. Probably had another shots at another another two or three. And Rod's saying to me like, I'm like, God, why didn't that fucking thing eat it? I had the gas crab on. I had a, a medium gas crab on. Um, yeah. Um, why that thing he's like mate you know like you know that's permanent mate like you can have shots at them and they just won't eat and that's all you can really expect from them i'm like yeah it was a little bit calming i suppose and but still every shot you're trying to make count um this is a really this was really good to me because i said to rod on the way there i said you know like I, I, one of my goals i'd like to get is is to get because i've never got a permit so um unguided i'd like to get one unguided that's something i'd really like to do in my own boat and um yeah drag it up to where i need to go and and, and make that happen that'd be pretty rewarding um so um one thing i'll add though like in this in this scenario i don't think we would have got any shots at these fish without the setup rod had now those in those who listen to the show know that uh you know the shows we've got the show sponsored by power pole um so i was really keen to see rod's use of the power pole in his boat in this scenario but you imagine like the tides kicking you along um he's got he's he's push poling as well tide's kicking along the wind's blowing you along inside that and you got this permit that's that's cruising up the flat and you can see it coming and he just puts down the shallow water anchor the power pole, and you sit still there's no readjusting with electric mode there's no drifting past it there's no blowing off it it's just you're dead still like it and like you know if you're anticipating where the fish is coming it is awesome for having those shots you can measure your shot you know like if you if you fluff one you know how far you got to be the next one but if you're drifting off it or something like that or you know, yep. you're repositioning with the noise of that motor, like the RCN could be swinging around. Your shot, 
that the wind's on your right shoulder might by the time your second shot comes around might be on the wrong shoulder. Yeah. It was it was I would really attribute a lot of the fish we caught on the flats to that power pole. Now I've said this on the podcast before in regards to the power pole, my experience with with the micro that I've got on the whaler, that if I had to choose between the electric motor and the power pole, I, I've said I would probably lean towards the power pole. This trip mm-hmm. just reiterated this big time, man. You know, I think if you're not polling, you got someone polling, you need to get around, and electric motor is the, the best way to go. But I think if you see a fish or there's fish in the area that are sort of buzzing around like those goldies were doing laps of weed beds or yabby beds and stuff like that. Um, it's there really is once you've experienced I think you'd, you'd feel like you're missing out without it I think I don't I don't know why anyone who fishes flats would not have one at this point I really don't you'd be mad yeah I'm looking at adding one I've, I've got to I've got to admit I, the, something um, you said off air you, you mightn't have made real clear what we're just talking then was um, one of the big advantages is that you can because um, <clears throat> you're stationary um, it assists in you know, if you, if you feel like you need to make that that stationary fly presentation, yes, uh, <clears throat> without you know getting wicked bows in the line and um, yeah, you know, well, one's due to the boat moving off anyway, and so. and that's what that's what happens. So so, the, you, what you just said there is exactly right. Like there was a, a shot I remember I, 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 that I took that I needed the fly to sit static because I was leading the fish by a couple of meters. I I didn't want it to move. And um, but the wind as it landed, as it landed on the water, the wind created a small mend in my line, you know. But mm. but the boat wasn't drifting against it. Like it was the best chance for that fly to be actual static um, as I, as it could be, you know. In fact, it also helped me control. Like when I if I was going to slow draw it, um, that what how far I was moving it was actually how far the crab was moving, you know. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's a good point you make there, mate. It's um because it definitely. It definitely happened like that for sure. Like we'd see fish, like you know, where the rod seam, rod seam, and, and like we, you know, we'd be like, okay, these fish are coming in shot. It'd be like putting the power pole down, cool, and you, you just know you're sitting still, so you know that like you know the the rate that the fish are moving is the rate that the fish are moving as well. Like you can yeah. you can yep. gauge these fish because you're not moving into them as they're swimming towards you or or away. You know, like you can you can measure those fish so much easier from just sitting perfectly still like that. It's so good, and it's a whole uh, step situation you know like you know there's a fair bit of pressure you you know you don't get these shots that all that often if you're you know a once a year yeah or whatever you know you've invested a lot of, of your experience and a lot of money to be there at this time and place and you know that just makes it just that bit easier you know like it, a lot yeah. a lot's going on in that in that moment and if you can take one of those big variables out um you know it's a real bonus yeah all right, I'll take it back. So, like I was saying, like um, this this first permit was um, was pretty important to me because um, you know I mentioned the rod and the carby. I wanted to catch one myself. So, I made on Rod's boat in a place that he knows. I'm paying him as as a punter for him to guide me. So, it's not my own capture for sure. But <laughs> Rod's a super hard working dude, and like I said in that post of my IG, it was the it was. I don't think he was getting a drink actually. I think he was he was starting to like put some um some of the um moisture uh, some, nah. okay. <laughs> I think he was combing his beard, actually. I think. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, he was putting some of that cohesive tape on his hands, you know, from, from pushing the pole around. And um, it was pretty windy, man. He was working working his ring out, that's for sure. And um, anyway, so he's down. He's looking down on the, on the floor. And I'm like, oh, here comes some fish. And he didn't even stick his head. He's like, what do you reckon now? I'm like, oh, they're permit for sure. And he's like, okay. And um, so, yeah, they, I put a cast in it probably, I don't know, 60 feet. Watch these fish mood change. 
Um, watched him pick it up, set the hook. Wooshka, oh, my eyes were like dinner plates. That's the second permit I've um, ever hooked right then and there. And it was, um, fuck, it went hard, man. Like that, that mid-80s thing or like 80 plus, if you want to call it that thing. Um, tip or four? Uh, to tip. Yeah, not to four. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, right. And so you were using a compact intermediate. Correct. On the flats, yeah. And were you still using the Exocet SS at this point? Or did you No, this was, this was the Sexton. Oh, right, in the 10 weight. Yeah. So that, yeah, was the right. lot, that was the rod I had set up with the intermediate line on the dam. So I just used that, didn't didn't re-rig anything. Just I just changed the leader, put that on. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, hell of a flats rod, that series. Oh, man. The, like, you cast, I was using the medium Gavs Crab, and was, like I said, it was pretty windy. And, you know, if I wasn't concentrating, sure, that, that cast would collapse, you know, for sure. But if I was, if I was like, oh, man, I fucked that and gave that cast any thought, you know, like, man, I could put that. I realize how this is going to sound when I'm saying it. I, I, I had no, I had no trouble if I, if I was, I wouldn't even say if I was, you don't have to get much concentrated, but I had no trouble putting that fly rod I wanted to with that rod. I love that rod. I love, that sextant range is so, so good for just um, placing that, placing a fly where you want it, you know? I love it. And um, yeah, I had no problem with that at all, but not even but, you know, but the medium, the medium crab is, was pretty wind, pretty, pretty wind resistant. It's, um, I know for a fact, like the finished crab is three grams, um, yep. and that's where I make all my crabs. The small, mediums. I don't fish the largest personally. I I would like to. I just didn't have any tied with me. I think that'd probably be an advantage for fish that are that need to find it, you know. But I didn't cool. anyway. That's another story. But yeah, um, well, yeah. Pin, what we're talking yeah. about crabs, mate. Um, hmm? So you, I I noticed um, you're now fishing the um, A-Rex jig hooks in that correct. Crab kit, yeah. Where'd you get that idea? Uh, well, um, well, obviously the the um, it was Gav's idea to turn the um, the hook eye in on the original Gav's crab fly. Yeah. Um, and and funny mate, the first person who got that that jig hook was Josh Radloff <laughs> because <laughs> I uh, because I actually ran out of the SA two twenty hooks and um, I thought you couldn't get a better experiment than than Josh. You know, he won't care. <laughs> Um, no, I, 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 I got ahead of that and I explained it and, and he was cool with it. And as it turned out, it's actually a better hook. It's a, it's a, in my opinion, it's a better hook. You know, um, that's the hook I used to hook that, that eight, that mid eighties, well, 80 plus fish, you know, and it was, it's mate, I would, I would say that permit like, uh, uh, for equal size to a GT are probably just as strong as a GT, you know? Maybe yeah. maybe not quite as strong, but but pretty close to it. Definitely a lot stronger than a Goldie that same size, you know. Right. You know, so that thing probably had had me fair way out in the backing, you know, like um not tuna sort of backing, but you know, yeah, probably like a GT, I guess you could say, you know. Um, um, so there's a lot of drag in the water. I had a pretty hot drag on. Uh, I, yeah, it was. So that hook held up really really well, you know. Um, good penetration didn't you know obviously didn't break or bend out or anything like that and i um rod rod actually said to me geez you went you you went pretty hard around it on the boat like you pulled pretty hard at places i probably would have backed off a bit i'm like it's funny man for some reason i had dean butler in my head you know and i had a conversation with him i don't think it was on the podcast but i remember him saying that if you're on my boat you 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 pull on fish as if they're hooked um extremely well and that's what i did to that permit you know like it was um I, I wanted it in the net more than anything, man. I, I knew it was going to be the, the biggest one I'd caught be, between the two that I've caught. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, um, 
but yeah, like I, uh, I, I, I look. The hook was tested. This is my point. You know, the hook is. Yeah, yeah. The hook is well through, and then, yeah. and it's not just me who's caught permit on. Like that, I've, that hook has gone out heaps, mate. Like there's there's people like all the ones you see Deacon with. You know, um, I know that some of Paul's clients use them. I know Paul Paul's uses the. Um, it's still got the SA two twenty for some of his ones. Um, Paul. you know, for some Paul Dolan for someone oh, who's yeah. catching a lot of permit. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. 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 um, you know, um, oh, look, I mean, I, I mean, everyone who's got a gas crab kit off me in the last six months has has. Which has been a lot of permit court in that time has had the jig hook, basically. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it's um it's pretty good. It's a, it's a great hook. Um, um, just backtracking too on on a fly mod. Um, this may or may not be news to other people. I haven't actually watched your your um, video on on uh, bendbacks, but I saw you were uh, putting tungsten into the under the chin of some of your bendbacks now. Yeah. So that's a lot of people think that's just to, 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 is is to keel it, and it's not. It's just for the action. It's just to increase the action. You know, I don't use it to. I don't use it to get the fly down deeper and like that. So I use a fly line for that. I use the. I put the tungsten in the chin for the action. I also, like I mentioned when we we're talking about the barra and the different weed that's up at Faust, it's quite. It's a, like a harder canopy. I use that so the so the fly doesn't sit on top of the weed. I use it to, to punch through the weed a, a little bit as well, and it worked really well like that. But it's just about a gram. I don't actually weigh it. I just I just put on as much as I can fit on in between the eyes. Right. I'll actually I'll actually do a video for that too to show people because because every every Agri Adams or every you know that bend back of that style that's four o four o and under um, needs to be. Do you want to explain the Agri Adams? I've been getting that a bit lately too, eh? I? <laughs> I, look, um, do you want me to or do you want to say it? Because um, I, I feel like it's been it's been. I'll nuts. I'll nuts. Hey, look, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. In a in a nutshell, it it was. Um, <laughs> It's a, uh, it's Chris's version of a uh, of a, a Benback Deceiver. Yeah, um, well, it's not really a Deceiver. Well, yeah, yeah, Bucktail. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a high tie. It's whereas the, yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, um, it, you know, it was a it was a variation born of Chris on a on a well known fly, um, and um, and. <laughs> It was, it was named after. Well, Chris sort of, as a joke, called it, called it the Angry Adams. Um, I don't think I called it that. I think Vockler called it that. Yeah, yeah, it was actually you're right. It was, yeah, might have been in retaliation for. Yeah, he'd been fishing with you for a couple of days at that point, and yeah. um, uh, sick of you. you know, <laughs> no, well, <laughs> I, I called I called the Andy's Toga Destroyer. He, I mean, yeah, that's no, right. Andy yeah. didn't call his own fly the Andy's Toga Destroyer. How how pretentious, but. Uh, which yeah. is probably not far from Andy, really, let me face it. But, you know, but he didn't. Wait for Andy, you know. For the, yeah. Anyway. Nah, that, that fly came from, uh, as I mentioned on the show, like I got a, I, I fished a Wonga once and Harrow gave me a Benback Deceiver. And um, I changed it, uh, changed the hook, changed the, the, the tying style. And um, I give a lot of credit to Harrow for the inspiration to um, – for making it work and the application for what I use it for, 100%. But it's not a fucking deceiver at all. No way in the world. People who got the video would, would know that there's no way that hair is 360 around the hook like a deceiver. Mm. No. No way in the world, you know. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, so that's what I put the tungsten on there for. Yeah. But getting back to the site because we've got these guests to come on soon. I'll, I'll be real quick. Um, oh, yeah. It wasn't much longer, man. Another half an hour. I got another permit. And... Um, 
Uh, Rod definitely helped with that. We, you know, I think he saw the school first, so I locked onto it. Uh, the funny thing was that car, like that cast, we were bow into the wind, and um, the first one was a pretty easy cast. I had the I had the wind behind me because we put the power pole down, and uh-huh. um, Rod was fucking around, and uh, he put the power pole down, which spun the boat around so that the transom was facing the wind, and the wind was at my back. That first cast was a was a fish at about eleven thirty. It was an easy cast, um, no problem there at all. This next one. Uh, Rob was polling, so it's easier to pole into the wind. So I was up the bow, the wind just blasted into my face, and there was a, a fish, a school of fish coming down. Like I was like, uh, um, I think it was two or three permit in that little school, and um, and the cast was about I don't know, I want to say 50 to 60 feet at about 11 o'clock with the wind straight into my face and doing about 15 knots. Um, hang, on. hang on, so 11 o'clock, so you you're actually got the wind sort of partially onto your right shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah not a fun cast. Oh, yeah, it's a fucking tough cast. Yeah. I actually, I actually said to Rod, I'm sure Rod's laughing at this as he's listening to this. Yeah. I said to Rod, I'm not doing that cast, man. I'm not doing because I've, I've, I've had at, at Hinchinbrook when I fished with Dave last. I, I tried to make a similar cast, and the fly, I just wasn't, I don't know what the fuck I was doing, but the fly <laughs> actually came round my face, like the, like it. It land the it, the oh. crab landed on the opposite side of my nose, dragged across my nose and around my ear, and then came and then went forward, and it somehow the hook didn't feel, and I just went. I felt like I was just kissed on the dick. I had a chance to like recognize that and go, don't ever do that again, and I've never done it again. So that this fish presented itself, and I'm not making that cast rod. And he's like, he was telling me earlier on about Dan Collins and that, and how how good a caster he is and being able to cast in all directions and stuff. And Dan's a freak. He's, he's really good. And then, um, and I've gone, oh yeah, and I and like he, you know, I think Rod could tell, like I'm sure whatever Dan can do, I can do, just arrogantly, you know. And um, and then I'm like, I'm not making that cast. And then Rod says to me, Dan would do that cast. I'm like, fuck it. So I just, I put the rod tip, I put the rod tip right next to the water, and I just, just try to aerialize the line and just not let it touch the water, just like really fast haul sort of thing. And and then uh, yeah, that cast is laid out, it landed about a meter in front of that fish, and as soon as it was sinking to the bottom, this thing just jumped on it. And just um, pulled the line back, and I set the hook, and wooshka. It was cool, you know? But um, that was pretty cool. Um, let me tell you this third one, though. Um, another dumb driver error. But what was leading up to that is we found a fish with the power pole down, feeding in this weed bed. And me and, me, me and Rod estimated when we looked back on it, I must have put, I don't know, 15 casts on that thing, like on its head, to the left, to the right, let it. Like It came and looked at it. And like, and we said that there must have been at least twelve casts there that should have got an eat, but it just ignored it. And like, um, and at one point, I don't know what I was doing, but I had to do. So I had to take my eyes off it, you know. And I, I don't know what I, was, what I was doing. I think I got a knot in my line. That's right. And I was done doing the knot. I took my eyes off it, and I and I looked back up, and Rod's following this fish, and I bombed a few more casts in it from behind, and it was, still wasn't spooking. And then we look up, and there's another fish that's coming in really hot. Another permit single. Like in the same direction, it's like this fish was screaming out, "There's food here!" And this fish just came in really hot, and it's right to where this fish. And I just first first cast I put in front of this fish, it saw it, ate it, million miles an hour, took off, pop. Ah, oh. and and it, and well, wind knot. That's it, essentially. But yeah, another driver error. I just had a wind knot. I had a wind knot about um, four inches down from my joining knot, and um, yeah, I didn't I didn't see it. And uh, yeah, but I wasn't I wasn't spewing because I just landed two permit in the first day that we were fishing this place. hadn't even haven't even um, taken the bags out of the car yet. So I was like, oh whatever. <laughs> I look back on that now and deeply regret that wind knot. But uh, still, at the time, it was pretty cool. 
Oh, man, that sucks. Nah, it's <laughs> what it is. Do you want to hear? Um, so uh, look, essentially the nuts. We got to get these guests on, but I'll nutshell the rest of the trip. A few more goldies. Um, that was pretty cool. They were they were really hard to get to eat. I ended up getting. I got one, one or two on a shrimp, but most of them make gas crabs. They wouldn't eat shrimps. They wouldn't eat white shrimps, pink shrimps, um, static retrieves, slow draw, like a, an aggressive strip. I at one time I had at one point I had a school of like about eight goldies tailing. 20 feet from the boat with my fly right in the middle of them and they wouldn't pick it up. But the only thing they would eat was the gas crab. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, one morning the lights were out. It was quite quite um, cloudy and um, we were down uh, a bit further away from where we are normally fishing. We saw these little tiny fish mooning at, and um, I put a crab fly in it, slowly drew it, picked it up and we got a little bit of a look at it. Rod got a better look than I did because he was so high but it was a little baby anak. Which I've never caught before, so I was I was pretty stoked to try and land it, but it 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 dropped beside the boat. So that you was mean block uh, eye? sorry, block eye, yeah, block eye. That's an anak, yeah, block eye, yeah, yep. yeah, little block eye. So that was pretty cool. Um, so that's about sort of sums that up. That place is incredible. It's really good. Like you know, I think that next time I get up that way, I'd probably bail on the fast leg of it and try and score all that because the the flats where Rod takes you is just fucking phenomenal. Anyway, um, on the last day. He says to me, um, what do you want to do tomorrow on the, on the last night? Like, right. And, um, and I've gone, you know, man, I wouldn't mind outdoing my mate vaults and, um, and going to catch a tusky, eh? you know? And, um, and he's gone, yeah, that'd be cool, man. We should, we should try and do that. So, um, so, so we, that was the plan for the next day. And so we went out to one place that we sort of saw on the maps, like, um, um, like this headland sort of thing. And, um, had a look around there, didn't see anything. It's probably spent about an hour there. Then we saw another place, and it was a bit of a hike. It was probably full noise trip, probably 15 minutes or something like that, um, in in the in the Mav, which you know it was a bit of a distance. It was a bit of a, a gamble because there was pretty light winds. We we nearly didn't go, and I said to Rod, "Look, let's just go there, and if we get there and the wind blows up, let's play it safe, and we'll just turn around, we'll come back, and no harm, no foul. But if it stays low, you know, we will, we'll probably be in a, in a, a spot we might we might see. He's like, yep, yeah, fuck it, let's go. No way. So we did made that plan. Rock up to this um to this flat. I find that I actually this was quite new to me fishing around that sort of broken imagery. I guess you could say all the coral heads and all the different colours and stuff like that. It was quite hard for me to see the little fish, the little ooglies. Eagle eye rod could see everything, um, and it was pretty cool. Uh, different environment to the sand, all that sort of stuff. Like like I said, it's pretty new to me. I've never seen I'd never seen tuskies. In the wild before or anything like that as eventually we came up to a to a pot of um three that were feeding in about waist deep water and um and uh rods we just watch it I, I wanted to get a cast in like super fast so i was fishing that shrimp beast fly that uh, one i put up on ig with the chenille legs and the orange chin and the, and the brown and tan barred body um <laughs> which i tied four tuskies based on information from like yourself mainly really like um you know anything to do with tuskies I, I generally run past you first given your experience um Thank and um so yeah so anyway so we come out there and we've seen this fish feeding and rod's explained just just watch them you know like um do this if they're doing this do this if they're doing that you know and um but one thing he says to me was um i'm pretty sure i prelude this story by saying another heartache right i don't know, I don't know but anyway this is how it turns out <laughs> <laughs> rod says to me because i'm about to give it away now rod says to me Please put on a 40 pound, 40 pound shock tip. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to fish 20 pound. I just, I kind of just want to get the eat, you know, like I, I, I realize my chances of landing these fish are pretty slim anyway. So, um, 
watch these fish. Uh, I listened to Rod. Everything Rod said, I did what he said. I put a cast in. It landed a little bit. Like the wind carried it just a little bit further to the left than where I wanted to. But the biggest fish of that pack peeled off, picked it up, and, uh, mate, I could not fucking believe it, mate. I, I tell you, the, the, the euphoria that was going through my head of that fish picked it up and it ate and I set the hook. The other two took off like scalded cats and this thing just proceeded to take me over the edge on the 10-weight sextant. I had zero fucking control. The thing was just fucking <laughs> over the edge. And um, and my backing, I'm glad I'm using, I was using that um, that C16 backing from what I heard. Like, I, the first thing that went through my mind, like, if this this backing is around the coral heads, I'm going to lose my whole fly line. And it did. It went around the backing. But, like, I, I wonder if I should check my backing. But that C16 has meant to be brazy resistant. Unpicked it. Went around the backing. Got it. Got my fly line back. It was over the edge. Rod's, like, saying to me, try, try and stop it, eh? Try and stop it. And I'm, like, I'm leaning on this thing super hard. You know, I got my I got my hand under the spool of the line. I got I got the rod tip up because of the, all the bombies and stuff like that. So it was an unusual and foreign way for me to fight a fish. But it's showing me zero fucking respect. Get we're out in the deep water, and um, and this fish is coming up. I'm I'm pumping it up. It's taking lunges. It's coming down. It got within it got within like the rod tip, like about about the leader distance from the leader being in the rod tip. And I could see this bommy that it was trying to get to. And it was lunging towards it. I've still got my hand on the bottom of the spool, and I, I was I just finished saying to Rod, "How hard should I go on this thing, man?" Pop. <sighs> oh, you think I felt bad with the barra, mate? I tell you. I realized that my chances of getting back to that place uh, with what I got planned in the next couple of years is pretty fucking slim. And I realized that this could, with the pressure that place up there is getting with the Spiros and the popularity oh. of, of Tuskies and stuff, this is that, I re, like, it all just came on me that that was probably the only chance I was going to get in my whole life to catch that fish. And I said, and Rod, first thing Rod said after I'm like, no, just screaming, <laughs> he goes, that was a big fish, dude. I go, how big do you think that thing was, Rod? And this is Rod's estimation, and like, mate, like it looked every, it, it looked ten foot long to me, you know. But he's, he said that, that he said that thing. Sorry to you. Yeah. Yeah. He said, yeah. Oh man, I was, I was, I, I've never seen anything like that. Those colours on that fish, like I saw its eye, its gill plate, the, the detail where it was so close to the boat was beautiful. What a stunning, stunning animal, you know. Like it was just all. I felt like I was above myself looking down you know it was it was incredible you know and then for that thing to drop the popper was devastating but i said to rod how big do you think that when he goes man that thing was every bit of like you know 80 to mid 80 and probably you know you know six seven kilo like god just i don't i, I don't think that helped to hear that eh? you know at all it was a big fish you, you know um so but it didn't get in the net so it's all hearsay but anyway take about what you will but um I think it's important just to share these stories with other with um with with the rest of the world <laughs> of how um disappointing that was okay it took me a bit to put it into perspective but it was when i when i calmed down it was pretty cool i got an eat from a very big tusky i beat the rocks i beat the bombies um it was my own stupid error that popped the thing off although the leader was quite worn right like it was it, it popped right next to the fly it, when that fish ate um yeah rod commented he goes that thing that thing picked it up and looked for its next meal like it just would have just woofed it down you know like it wasn't like it was it pinned in the lip and we think it was deep we think that potentially some of the line like the 20 pound leader was rubbing over its teeth or, or something like that or whatever you know whatever the reason was it popped and yeah that was not fun
that was um that was a that was a, a super low point in my easily top three and to be honest with you i can't even think of the other two of my lowest points in my fishing career well man um i would have been stoked for you if you landed it but i, I feel it's important to um if you're gonna have the high highs you got to experience the low lows so yeah man that's no that... short day i'm not saying that you, you know you wouldn't have deserved it but i'm, I'm sort of i'm glad you hooked up i really am eh? I didn't deserve it, man. Like I, not, I, the only yards that have been put into it was with what Rod and what you've done. You know, like it's um, man, I was just, I was just showing up, but acting on, yeah, act, acting out what I learned. You know, so yeah, but you've done your training, you've done your due diligence. You were ready when the when the occasion happened for whatever reason. It ate, you know, everything went right up until the end. So yeah, yeah. I, I was, but like I mean, it would have been, it would have been incredible to land that fish, but. Every part of me realizes that I was a tourist in that scenario, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it would have been cool, though, for sure. Um, you know, it was cool. Like, the way it reacted to that shrimp beast was pretty cool, too. You know what sucked the most about that, honestly? I was calm. I was over it. I was looking in a positive way of, like, you know, how lucky I was to get the eat, where I was, all that sort of stuff. I'm in the airport, <laughs> like, a couple of hours later, because this is the day I was flying out. So Rod drops me off. I'm like, yeah. I might just check my social media. I get a message from fucking Deacon Plant in Western Australia going, that shrimp beast fly works on the Tuskies, hey. <laughs> Deacon. <laughs> you know you know how we have this sort of unwritten law that we don't sort of communicate much when we each other's on a fishing trip? Yeah. When, um, when, that, um, when that one from uh, Deacon appeared in his story, I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to send this to Chris. He'll be stoked. Because I actually thought you were home by this stage. I just thought you were playing hard to get, but I don't know why I did and then, I didn't yeah. see that message. I, it was Deacon. He sent me a private message, like to let me know how how well it worked and stuff. And I'm like, oh, dagger to the heart. It was the first DM I opened up in the whole week. You know, uh, Deacon has been catching some great fish, hasn't he? Oh, he's a freak. He's such a good angler, man. He's uh, he's, yeah. he's 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 good, eh? And he well deserved. I mean, Jesus, you talk about me being undeserving of that of that scenario. Deacon definitely deserving of that. You know, I'm stoked for him. It's awesome. Getting numbers of technical fish, but yeah, well, that, that's a story for another time. Well, was, you know, we've had him on in the past, but he's gone from strength to strength. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Um, and like that's a, that's a hell of a trip, um, you know. And I'm glad, I'm glad Rod is is really fine. His feet seems to be enjoying it. Um, you know, he, he sent me a few messages while you're there. You may or may not know that. <laughs> <laughs> I do know that, mate. I was um I was very much um there while while he was um coming up with those messages mate it was uh yeah, yeah hilarious <laughs> oh everyone's you know anyway i um mate uh hell of a trip um i uh i was super super happy for you to get up there and and get some consistent action um you know that that uh, it's a great part of the world and and um you know it's uh and rod knows it really well so yeah, yeah, man. Rod, Rod definitely knows it well. Like um, that area we were fishing. I mean, I'm hearing hearing talk about stories about fishing those places you know, 20 years ago. You know, like um, you know, Rod, like you said, Rod, we're having another podcast. You know, like he cut his teeth in Mackay. Um, saltwater fly fishing there. Mm. He's, he's caught stacked. He used to do ABT tournaments at Timber and 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 um, Faust with Andy Andy from Andy's Fishing. Told me yeah. the story about getting involved with Andy as well. Like, I mean, lures back in the day as well as fly and stuff as well, but. I mean, nothing, um, nothing wrong with that. You know? No, no. I mean, we well, we all evolved from that. That's for sure. I mean, this is this is twenty twenty five years ago. We're talking, you know. Yeah. Um, but now Rod's, you know, Rod's um, knowledge of those areas, intimate knowledge of those areas, is 
is, is incredible, mate. He's got such a vast range, like you said, like from, from Hinchy uh, to Faust, um, yeah. to, to Whit Sundays, you know, like, and, and on a boat that's, you know, that power pole is, mate, it, uh, I feel sorry for people who are fishing the flats without someone poling or using or using a power pole. I really do. Like, you, you, yeah. you kind of, I feel like you're kind of wasting your money. I mean, you'd be silly to select someone who doesn't know how to do, use both of those or have both of those in that scenario. I'm telling you, we, would have wouldn't have got half the fish without him. I'm I'm not even exaggerating, mate. And 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 I could explain that several different ways if if anyone wanted to listen. I'm not going to do it now, but it just makes perfect sense, you know. And I think that if you, you if you spend any time on the flats, you would too. You don't need the you don't. I mean, great, grab the mechanical power pole. They're they're fantastic. But you could use a sand spike. Power pole sell send that. I've got one of those sand um sand spikes. We've mentioned on the show. You went and got it for me. Remember, like the um. Uh, the eight-inch spike is sticking in the sand. Just holds you still. It's fucking great. So um, I've got a question. When you were using the power pole on the um, on the somewhat rockier substrate for the tuskies, um, it sort of it sort of grabbed straight away and and held tight. It's got it's got what's called a wave mode, right? And uh, which means yeah. that it will um it will it will um through about five or six cycles, it will pick the average height of the boat and the low point of the boat right yeah. and then it will um and then it will find a, um a, a medium there right so on the hard bottom you can hear it it's it's going like as it's as, when you first deploy it you know like as it's as it's it's hitting the hard ground but once it hits the hard ground like it's not like it's bouncing like it that wave mode picks it up and it and like um you know your your boat like it won't how do i put it like you might get a, you might get a small green one that might come up into the splash well of your boat because it's picked that medium, but it won't pick the boat up unless an unusual freak wave comes through after that five setting. But you could just probably reset it anyway, you know, quite quickly. Oh, yeah, what you, I remember you know when when it's when it's hitting the bottom is is it um, is that sound of the the tip of the the spear hitting the bottom? You know, is it is it loud? Like, does did that have any effect on the fish? Not at all. No, I mean. You can hear it, but it has no effect on the fish. You know, I, I, I mean, we we had this conversation. I mean, like you know, when you dive, like when you dive under the water, like how loud it is under the water. You know, like uh, it's oh, quite yeah. a natural, quite a natural sound. It's not like it's like a engine starting or a like an electric motor or something like that. You know, it's it'd be no uh-huh. different to when they say like the noise a uh, push pole makes. You know. Gotcha. It's quite a gotcha. quite a natural crunch sound, I guess you could say, you know. But no, I never saw fish react adversely to it at all, you know. Um, yep. Not once, not even close, not yeah. even felt like yep. it was at a disadvantage, you know. I said to Rod at one point, I said if these gold the, the goldies were being such pricks that there that um if we hadn't let, we were using the electric motor, I would hundred percent be blaming the electric motor, like you know, for the mood the fish are in, you know. Yep. But, you know, but um, but there's nothing to blame at all. Like it's it's you know you're, you're concentrating on figuring the fish out. Naturally, you're gonna you're gonna start to try and figure things that you could eliminate if things are tough. And one of those things would have been 100 percent for me if we had electric motor and electric motor. Yep, yep. Yeah, I'm well, saying, that's int- I know what you're saying. I'm um, as you know, I've been sort of toying with the idea of putting one on the back of my rig. Um, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and. Um, you know, I'd like, I like the idea of, of the, um, of the eight foot model, only from the point of view that it won't, won't stick as, you know, proud of the, um, transom height as, as say as the 10 foot model. 
Um, but there's yeah. actually not a whole, whole lot of difference from memory. Like, um, I know you'd think, oh, well, it's two foot divided by two because it folds in half and, you know, it's a foot difference. But it's there's actually, um, yeah, it's a, the, the eight foot model is not four foot folded. It's got a little bit of shit at the top and bottom. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. Rod's got the eight foot model, and it's it's not taller than he's not taller than his polling platform. Yeah, right. I don't have a polling platform, but quite often I'll fish two up, and you know I hate for the guy at the back to to. Um, it's not in the way, man. Honestly, like I was casting with that uh, with that polling platform in the back. I mean, I did hit it with that with that thing, but I could hit a boat cow. I've hit fucking electric motor cows, fucking gunnels. That's just shit casting. But if you, you know, in normal casting, it's it's not in the way, honestly. And I and I cast off my hip. I cast really low. You know, like my my rod tip very rarely comes above my shoulder height, and it would not be in the way. I, I assure you of that. So, would you put it on starboard? Star in my in my situation, starboard or port side? I don't think it matters, mate. I think it yeah, depends right. on what else you're running. If you got a transducer there, or um. You know, if you, you know, that, that'd be it. Like, I, I got mine on my um, port side because I got my, um, I got my uh, transducer on the starboard side, you know? Yeah, yeah. That'd be me too, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't, don't think it matters. I've seen people in all sorts of things, but yeah. Look, it's pretty good. We should get these other guests in. So, do you reckon? Yeah. You ready? Sure. Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get them on. I'm going to say in summary, right, Rod, if you're going to fish with Rod, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's several things you need to know about the guy. First of all, he's never going to give you up. He's also never, ever going to let you down, right? He'll never, ever run you around, and he'll probably unlikely desert you, okay? So I just wanted to um, let people know that, right? Right, Ashley. Right, Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been Ashley, Rod. That's what it is. Rick rolled. That's it. You've been Rick rolled. Um, Rick rolled. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get these other clowns on and wrap up the All year. Right. We'll summarize the year with these two dudes, the tackle touches. That <laughs> sounds interesting. All right. Welcome back, listeners, to the Deuce part of the show and the most interesting part of the final show of the year is by far Voltsy and second to that is our guest, right? <laughs> now, we've got we've got um, Dr. Christopher Bates back on for his green jacket appearance and we've also got a, um, a, a TIL virgin, Mr. Jade Gibb. How are you, gentlemen? Very well, thank you. Awesome, mate. Now, now, Batesy, did you work on that um, intro then, mate, when you said very well, thank you? Was that something you prepared for your green jacket appearance? Well, I've been uh, waiting for this for the whole year, you know, so I hmm. thought I'd have something written down, get, get excited, you know. Do you have a statement that you prepared that you'd like to share with us or anything? No, I just want to thank everyone for uh, ranking my episodes in the top know 50 odd episodes it's been great where did you hear this ranking mate <laughs> well i've got to be in one of them i'll be close to oh, somewhere that's... in the top 150 so i'm triple j in it <laughs> yeah, true, yeah yeah 
we we don't we technically don't have a hottest 100 here at the intermediate line i guess but um but you know what it gets hot in north queensland doesn't it Mm. It does Mm. how do you guys stay cool up there uh, air conditioning. Air conditioning. Take your shirts yeah. off. That sort of thing. Yeah. Pants. Yeah. 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 You guys. Crocs. Crocs. Yeah. Crocs are a pretty tropical uh, look. Um, yeah. Do you find it helps? It, it, you know, it helps with um, you know, just creeping around the place in general wearing Crocs. Oh, mate, it does. Yeah. I don't even um, take them off. So. Yeah. I'll I'll have you know he took them off the other day when it was raining because they were squeaking so loud. Ah. Oh. You know, sometimes they, they it's rumoured that, you know, in, in times of rain, in tropical downpours, that some of the noisiest places in North Queensland are caravan parks because of the crocs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can it's be. Very squeaky, very squeaky. <laughs> There's probably a market for a bit of croc lube, you know? <laughs> oh, God. I've got some. Crock lube, just a, like like a silicon-based product? Or? Yeah, no, it's, um, I basically just use anything that I've got laying around. Really? You know, sh- shampoo. Um, yep. Yeah. Natural body oils from Batesy. Yeah, Voltar and Amel Gel. Yeah. <laughs> we call that pelt juice around here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, you gentlemen have a, uh, a project on the go that we know little about, that in, during the brief before this recording, listeners might be interested to know that we asked if we could talk about this because it is a sensitive subject, right? And um, and you guys were cool with it, and I'm, I'm hoping that you guys haven't got cold feet about it. But why don't... Um, now, Jade, people will know you from the show previously. You have been on before um, as the sports bet guy, you know, when we used to do the intro. Yes. Mate, I must admit, I found myself almost placing a bet when I heard that intro. It was a stellar job, mate. Well done. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually got two new followers on Instagram from that, um, <laughs> that gig. You got the intermediate line bump right there, my friend. Yes. That's, that's amazing. Spike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, other former guests have also reported this phenomenon. Um, not many people have got followers. Some people have lost followers. Some abusive DMs. But, you know, that's a pretty good rate, mate. Two followers. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, getting back to the, uh, to, the, to the subject at hand, uh, and I don't mean that as a pun from what I'm about to say, but um, tell us about this project, Jay, that you, that you and Bates are involved in called Tackle Touches. And, and just before you, and, and I want a second part to that question, and I want to know, when you start this project, Tackle Touches, do you have to go around and door knock the neighbourhood to let them know that you're living in the neighbourhood as well? Um, not really door knock. We've just um, done a letterbox drop. Yep, yeah, um, by law. With you got some, Tackle Touches yeah. living in your neighbourhood. <laughs> we can't go too far with um, ankle bracelets on. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> we've... Um, Basically, just hit all the social media platforms, mm-hmm. and um, it's looking like um, a YouTube channel is going to probably eventuate. Nice. Yeah. So, what's that going to YouTube? Is it going to be like cooking or unboxing gifts, or what? What are you What are you planning on doing? We're just going to um, probably be reviewing podcasts. Right. 
Excellent. And uh, yeah, unboxing podcast. <laughs> 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 Maybe making slime. <laughs> I want to, um, can we restart this episode if we're going to be reviewed? I just feel like, um, probably could handle some things differently, but, no, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get a favorite. Don't worry about right. the songs that you didn't give away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Australia Post, mate. They went out in the mail and, um, I don't know. It's, oh, it's COVID, I'd reckon. That's, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. Sorry. Did I say Australia yeah, Post? COVID. COVID. Hand in hand. Yep. Absolutely, no, mate. That's good. Well, that's uh, that's exciting. Are, are you guys? Um, is it a fishing, fishing and tackle touching? Basically, <laughs> it could it, it could end up as an OnlyFans, you know, with with tackle yeah. touching. So, <laughs> it, it, the, the name makes people think of the scenario a bit, and I wonder that you know if 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 um, if Batesy grabbed your hand, your your arm, and then yes. you grabbed your tackle and then you did the same to him would that be dutch rudder tackle touching probably reach around tackle touching i would say mm. no, no, no but, worries. Yeah. i'm picking up what you're putting down uh yeah. so, all right so so it's fishing yeah you're going to be doing some fishing stuff definitely yeah whereabouts it's, it's um it's what he does and i just follow him around wherever he goes so. oh so so Batesy's the talent well, he's the one that knows which way the wind's blowing. Like, I couldn't oh, tell you if it's blowing east, west, north, south, or what. So, yep. And um, what... apparently, my, my loop knots are shit. So, um, he's going <laughs> to be leading this whole thing. Yeah. And um, I'll do do the camera work and um, uh, social media marketing. Yep. Well, yeah. when it comes to loop knots, there's um, there's no point in not being self aware, mate. I think that's a, um, a, a you know a mark <laughs> of the type of guy that we're dealing with here. Have you yeah. um have you ever thought of bringing Voltsy on as a sort of cameo in this scenario? Um, if I can get a tripod small enough, I probably will. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's just from the other day, Voltsy. Sorry, mate. I just had to get you back. Yeah, sure, mate. <laughs> I, I had that coming. Yeah. <laughs> We're on yeah, no, a lot of intermediate that... club here, mate. We don't apologise for slender, okay? No, just, but things, uh, okay. things no, are sorry. Like ratchet up a little bit, Jade. You know, yeah. <laughs> the only reason Bolsey goes for the low hanging fruit. Oh, mate. He yeah. has low hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that he'd be able to reach the bigger hanging fruit with those arms that extend down to his knees, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get tangled in the pelt. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's it. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Oh, um, yeah. There we go. Yeah, Are you on? Hey Jay, just uh, as a general knowledge question here, mate. Um, you got any famous relatives anywhere in your ancestry? Um, not many people know this, but um, Uncle Barry, Uncle Barry, was, <laughs> yeah, was a was a Redcliffe local. Barry? <laughs> yeah, hang on, yeah, hang on a minute. You you might remember staying what's alive. Your, what's your last name again? Gib. And Uncle Barry. As in the Bee Gees. <laughs> what? Yeah. Blown. Yeah. That's Mate, amazing. From what I hear, your Uncle Barry had uh, had quite a, uh, a body count, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he touched a few. You, so, you could so have more blood relatives ever... than, than Genghis Khan, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I've heard that um, that actually all of us are somewhat related to Barry Gibb. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Somehow. Yeah. yeah. I feel right at home, like I'm at, already at Christmas lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess um I guess through knowing through the DNA uh, mapping, we actually do know how deep is his love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, I nearly put my high pitch voice on there. <laughs> it's welcome, mate. It's called Facetto when we talk about the BGs, right? Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do you think that you guys as tackle touches will do much falsetto? Absolutely. Depends on how hard yeah. you're touching the tackle. I try. Touching the tackle, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All depends if you do the prostate check. Um, yep. You can get get right in there. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, man. Like, I mean, that just seems instantly like a double use for that croc lube right there, right? Mm. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't want a squeaky prostate exam, right? Patent pending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's very interesting, mate. It's um, we've got we've got absolute Redcliffe royalty in in the midst right here. Yeah, so awesome. I don't tell too many people. So, um, yeah. So, so but so that's that. So you're in, you're a, you're a relative of 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 you know. Is that fitting? Is that your um? Uh, first uncle is Uncle Barry Gibb, right? Oh, uh, it's actually my, my um, grandma's next door neighbor's cousin's um, brother. God. So, but um, we we've taken him in. So. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's yep. That's um. That sounds like Redcliffe, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Kind of like what, what, what an Australian did with Russell Crowe. We pissed him off, but um, sort of keep him around. Right. So, is it just coincidence that you guys have both got the same surname? Uh, not, not really. It's actually, it's actually a thing. If you go on ancestry dot com, yeah. um, and put in the Gib um, surname, you'll you'll see me and Uncle Barry. Cool, cool, yeah. good stuff. So, but so you're up, you're related to Uncle Barry, Chris Bates. You're you you know going by your haircut. You're related to mangrove trees, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's where the mud skipper fascination comes from. I, I'd imagine you communicate with them telepathically, right? We've been neighbours for quite a long time, so. Yep, yep. That's yeah. wonderful. How's the fishing been up there, boys? Have you guys been doing any fishing? Yeah, we can't give too much away. That's a bit um, a bit of a secret on a zone. We fish as a as a break wall in a particular spot, but I can't tell you too much. But I've yep. just moved to Mackay. Oh, because uh, I saw some pictures that look like you're in Mackay the other day. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you could have picked it from those photos, but uh, <laughs> maybe the comments could have given it away. But the photos definitely wouldn't. No. Maybe it was that peacock bass. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the the Mackay COVID fish. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so you okay? So you've been doing some fishing out of of Mackay. Is it pronounced Mackay? Uh, Mackay. The same as um Jervis Bay. Yeah, right. Okay, you guys that might yeah, be sitting a bit close to each other. We're hearing a bit of feedback now. Are you guys just is it getting cold up there or something? Oh, we were just tackle touching. 
Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Just be careful that while we're recording, it's just in a little bit, a little bit of feedback going on there. But um, yeah. in the professionalism, professionalism of the intermediate line, will will allow it. Oh, yeah. Thank you. No worries. Jaden, yeah. let's be feed him from the back though. Right. <laughs> they call that the mud skipper, right? Yeah, it's a secret move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell us about this. Tell us about this fishing. Well, we've been doing a fair bit of um, conventional fishing as of late. Yep, this heathens. Yes, it's <laughs> pretty disgusting. Just the, uh, the, this wind is not giving us a break at the moment, so just trying to hit those pelagics off the break wall. When I first moved around the zone here, I, um, I've, I've caught a bit of a pattern with the long tail tuna. They were kind of cutting pretty close to the wall and eating mm. hardy heads. And um, I was there doing a bit of um, roll casting, sort of bulge casting, if you will. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and um, I had a few really good looks at, well, really good rejections, if you will. Mm -hmm. But um, didn't that, I didn't connect in that time that they were feeding as they were. But, yeah, the long tail seemed to have moved, up, moved off a bit now. So, so you had long tail within roll cast distance from where Bro, you were standing? They were, they were eating at my feet. I like popped on oh, yeah. schools with like six or seven hardy heads sitting just off the rocks. Wow. That's wild. Land-based longtail is um is is a pretty desirable uh, target. That's for sure. Yeah, it would be. I mean, I got excited. <laughs> I got excited every time, but I never. They never seem to eat them. So. Yeah, you'd have to be careful. I've seen you had a history of reels blowing apart. Well, they don't <laughs> blow apart. They just fall apart. <laughs> that lamps and set up. <laughs> I think, I think um, Captain Rob Mills had the same drama. Oh, there's been a few lamps and time bombs that have been out and about on social media lately. That's for sure. Yeah. It's um, it's um, not even my opinion. Yeah, it's there was. I think Millsy put one up, and then there was just a heap of comments underneath of others, other lamps that just um, yeah, self destructed. Yeah, as soon as I oh. put that photo up, um, uh, Mike Youngy, you know Youngy. Yep, Michael Young. He, yeah, he floats my boat. Um, he was straight up <laughs> with the just uh, lock tight. That's your ticket. Yeah, but yeah, he had one that blew apart too, didn't he? He had a picture of one. Yeah, so he knew all about it. Same with um the dude we had on the podcast before. He's actually from Redcliffe too. He might be he, he might he might not be a gib, but he's he's a Redcliffe boy. That's um full cream fishing. Sam can't remember Sam's last name for some reason right now. Drawing a blank. You guys know the guy I mean? Full cream. He lives at Mackay as well. He's a painter. Cream, yeah. He's a painter. Yeah, yeah. 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 He paints. Oh, he lives up here. Yeah, he's a painter, so he feels compelled to drink most afternoons. Oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's the thinners in the paint. Gets in their skin. He wants to touch some tackle. Yeah. <laughs> we drink most afternoons. Yeah. Are you, are you guys painters as well? No. Concrete oh, shit. Ah, no, that's that's in my past, mate. Yeah. Basically, yeah. he's my boss now. Oh, right. right. Oh, are, yeah. are you guys mowing lawns? Get out of it. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, I'm just telling heaps of blokes what to do at the moment. It's been yeah, I'm one of them. But, so we touch all the uh, trees on the power lines. Oh. With... Uh, you, yeah. you touch all the trees on the power. Oh, so you're a tree lopper? Yeah, arborist, if you will. I, th I think, <laughs> tree I think Bate Batesy's actual job description is branch manager. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll see what you did there. <laughs> well, it is now. Yeah. yeah. But I, I know, Jade. Well, that on my resume. Yeah. It, it's a pretty dangerous job. Jade, have you had any trouble staying alive? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I keep away from the power lines, mate. You can probably tell by the way I walk that I'm a woman's man. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, man. Right. What's the, what's the um what's the nightlife in Mackay like, mate? And you know, on what's it like on uh, Saturday? Saturday's much night fever. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of shit. <laughs> have you have yeah. you heard of anyone having any sort of unusual experiences? Like you know, probably ending up with more than a woman. Oh, I, I tell you what, though, if you do touch those power lines, you should be dancing. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. You do get a bit of Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, and the, and if yeah. you try to yell out, people aren't going to tell if you're drive talking or not. Oh man, no, no. <laughs> I think you've I think you've exhausted my BG's knowledge right there. You well, need you Google open like us, mate. Yeah, <laughs> your best be safe, otherwise you'll be having a tragedy. You know? Oh shit! Uh, deep cut, Rolls. That one. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> there comes oh. a point where we fly too close to the sun vaults and that was it okay all right <laughs> oh shit it's all right we've got icarus here to save us um yeah <laughs> well look um we want to run some um because you guys have been heathening it heathening it out a little bit you know and and as um as entertaining as you guys are we want to run past you guys some of the um recap of uh 2022 a little bit within um Within fly fishing, you know, within podcasting and and what have you, yep. right? Are you guys ready for this? Shoot, yep. All right. Okay. Well, um, why don't you why don't we run through you guys run through maybe the the top five dumbest ways to hold a fish for a photo? What would oh, you be? Shit. What would be your number one, mate? Bass hero grip. What's the bass hero grip? Is that the lip grip with the hang? It's just the bottom jaw hanging them. Oh yeah. That is a pretty yeah. dumb way to do it. So that's the one that um, that touches your touches your tackle the most, right? Is that what you're saying? Really or is that the least offensive? To pieces. What about the gill spreader? The gill oh, spreader. Yeah, the double hander, the double ender, uh, the double fisted. Ah, oh, shit. The yeah. Two Mis- hand, two handed gill spreader. They don't, you really, know, when they don't really see. You that see, a lot of flatheads get hung up by by their um, necks. You know, yeah, I'm pretty much over. Yeah, but flathead are yeah. vermin, right? Though you know, but if you've got a fly rod hanging over your shoulder, here we go. Yep, at the time, <laughs> yeah. then oh. it counts. It's a good one. It's a good yeah. <laughs> what? And 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 when you say good one, right? When we 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 break this down, when we pull this analysis apart, are you being facetious? Yes. Right. Okay. Um, so you're telling me that, like, but that, that pose you're saying where people are holding up both gills and stuff like that on the fish, that's the sort of thing you'd see, um, a South Australian Jewfish fisherman do, right? You know, that's, that's, Absolutely. That's, that's that sort of thing. You get yep, a lot of yep. that in North Queensland for things like, um, Barramundi and stuff as well, still. You don't see it a lot. I don't know. But I'm sure it happens. Yeah. You don't see it in closed season. Definitely not. No, they yeah, no. People people wait till that day that the season opens to have <laughs> yeah. to have just done then, incredibly well that same day it opened, right? Yeah. 
you send it straight to the Tiger. What's that? You send it straight to Tiger's tips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell us what's going on there. Oh, you know, it's I just... You know Tiger. Oh, Tiger, I just see on his uh, page a lot of gill spreaders, a lot of uh, just basically stuff that I don't agree with, but... Um, we're not judging people here on the Intermediate no. Line podcast. Well, we are, and we, we can. And we're gonna. <laughs> yes, let's right? do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what we want from you guys. If we don't get what we want from you guys, you know, we're not paying you, you know. It's, um, no. No. Well, we're, we're not. We're doing anyway. it for followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I can't promise you another two followers, Jade, if we don't become analytical and critical. That's all right, stuff. mate. I'll buy some with the royalties. <laughs> hey, tackle touches is going to be huge, mate. You know, even it if is. you guys can't operate within fifty meters of a school, like it's just um, it's going to be it's going to be great. It is lucky that most of the spots we fish up here are um out of that range, so that's the true. Ankle unless bracelet doesn't go off unless it's a school of fish, right? That's uh, we target targets uh, ones and twos, not schools. So. Yeah. <laughs> I gotcha. So, what do you? Yeah, so, what's your thoughts on the rod over the shoulder thing? Do you think it's important for people to show others that they're more more important than others? What's well, how else are you supposed to tell that they've caught it on fly? That's it. That's a pretty good question, mate. You know, have you thought the same thing, Volts? Yeah, it's a, it's a challenge, eh? Hey? Yeah. So, well, how do you, the balancing act in itself is, uh, you know, it's a it's a hard act to um, pull off. Let alone hold a fish and make it look presentable. <laughs> I, I think it's extremely brave when you've got an angler who's got the rod that's probably, uh, you know, like it's off his shoulder past the grip. When uh, when we all know that basic laws of physics tell us that that rod is not staying there, yet somehow they've made that happen. You know, it's um, it's 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 a pretty bold move, and sometimes I find myself not even paying attention to the fish and just looking at that rod, going, "How did they do that?" Yeah, we've exactly. talked about this on previous podcasts. I think it's the Velcro strip, or um, the, if you know they're a real man, they've got back hair, and they just tangle it up in that. Ah, <laughs> oh, we have in, into the porting of some reels, right? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I, I, I remember, you, yeah, I remember us talking. About, I seem to remember us talking about it on another podcast once about that um, that ghost. The ghost rod holder as well, you know, like some sort of app. I've heard that, yeah, yeah, coming in yeah. behind him and just. I must admit, place. um, I'm only sort of still green at fly fishing, but my first bass that I caught, um, on the the bird that I tied copying um Chris's fly tying, <laughs> I had the shoulder fly rod rest, and I was so proud of it. There's nothing, um, Jade. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be real with you here, dude. I have there are, and as people have so kindly pointed out, there are a few pictures and probably of myself with the rod over my shoulder as well. So, um, <clears throat> so you know, I, I want you to feel like this is a safe place where we're, you know, self-deprivating here and um, deprecating here and and, and um, defecating, know, defecating, yeah, defecating on ourselves a little bit here, but you know, it's um, it's still fun, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's absolute. I usually, well, nowadays I bring a dentition with me, and he yes. um, he holds the rod out of shot. 
Yeah. Is it because he's a de- he's a dentition that we can't show his face on camera? You got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oral give, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so where, where are we at with the rod and her teeth? Should we bring it back? Is that is that where we're <laughs> is that where we're at, where we where we're fan ourselves at now? If you how, how are people like it. let's say the rod the rod on the shoulder is getting so so old and done now that you know like it's like this dude's better than me again. Now, what's the yep. freshest way to do this? Are we, are we coming full circle to the rod and the teeth now? Cork sucking? What about, um? what if we mix it right up and just start chucking the, the reel and the rod butt in our pocket? Yeah. Top, they, top they pocket if, even still. Yeah. <clears throat> Go oh. pocket rod. Yeah. Let's see what, what other weird ways we can get uh, photos with the fly rod in the scene, you know? What if, would you reckon we could put it behind our ear like a dari or something? <laughs> oh, maybe maybe yeah. a three way. Yeah, three weight, mate. Well, I've no, got some big floppers, but I reckon a three weight is still fold it. Yeah, <laughs> it depends on your um on your ear strength and how big your bungers are leading up to it, right? I'm guessing, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. If you you're know, used to swinging cigars behind your ears, you might be able to pull off a three weight. Yep, yep. Well, if, it depends if you put it in the cork. You don't want to put the cork in your ear. I, I think that potentially be, be pure glass there, right? Or graphite or whatever. Absolutely, just the rod plane. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's one way of doing it, you know. What about um? What about when you're squatting down? If you put the uh, rod grip like in the in the fold of the back of your knee, oh, squatting yeah. down. Like As you just... said that, I thought that I pictured it in my head, and that yep. that's the future, I think. I think that's the future too. I mean, you get to show if you off do the, the drop knee. Yep. With the rod straight through the back of the the bloody calf muscle and the quad. Yes. You're um. On a winner, I reckon. Yeah, like drop knee, right? Like the front yeah, knee. Yeah, definitely. The leading yeah. knee out in front. You got yep. the grip firmly between, like you said, your calf and your and your thigh. Mm. And um and you got both hands holding the fish. It's like it's like having yeah. the rod over your shoulder, right? This is good. Yeah. I knew we'd get somewhere, boys. I knew it was worth yeah. it. Dolce was skeptical. And I said, Let's Don't worry. Dude, these tackle touches they know the juice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There he is. Hey there. He's here. I know he's here somewhere. <laughs> he's here. Are you okay, mate? Yeah, me. Yeah, I'm. I'm just uh, listening, man. Um, <laughs> so, what are your thoughts, Walt? Yeah. Well, boss. look, it's time. It's time we change things up a bit, and it's definitely an opportunity for someone like yourself, Batesy, who's a bit edgy, and and you know yourself too, Jade, who's um, you know clearly more intelligent. You know, to come up with different, <laughs> different sort of, um, oh, dear. different ways to, to trick the um, the fly fishing public. Well, not to trick people, just trick. to let people know you're catching stuff on fly. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know, and <clears throat> with these new poses, we're going to need new vernacular too. Like, oh you know, yes, you know what? We can't have fluff anymore or fluff one. You know? <laughs> people are going. Oh, yeah. Where are we on that, boys? Where are we on fluff on fluff ones and and um and nah, getting nibs and stuff? Are we doing that still? Oh. No, no, you can't get past the uh, starvation stick. That what is a that? good one. That was um Damien. Um, God, I've forgotten forgotten Damien's last name. I want to say oh, blank. the guy went to um Bergen. Dame Bergen, yeah, yep, yeah. Damo. Burger. 
Damo Virgo. Hey? He deserves a medal for that call. That is pretty good, mate. And I, and I, he's a pretty humble bloke. He did tell me that um, he got that from someone else, but I learned it off him too. He was uh, he's the one I learned it from, the the old starvation stick. So, yeah. you know, do we find ourselves out there like um, talking about, you know, like, you know, the uh, the the guy who picks up a um, um, a fly rod, you know, when it, when the going's good, you know, and um, and talks about um, flinging some, let's just call it X. On the starvation stick, how can what can we do with the, fl- the word fluff? You know, I mean, do we really need that anymore? Chunch, chunch, yep, mm. yeah, yeah. So we're, um, remember, we're um, chunch used to, I mean, or uh, how do I say this on the podcast? Um, Danny, yep. oh, Danny used to be called fluff. Well, we don't scent flies, dude. It's not oh. really the done thing, eh? No accent. No, no. Scenting flies <laughs> oh. is a big faux pas with, with flies. How do you guys yeah. feel about that? Yeah, no good. No good, right? No good. No. There's no there's no satisfaction <laughs> that comes from like dipping dipping a fly in some um some I wouldn't Berkeley say chunch, right? Goo. Huh? The Berkeley? Berkeley goo. Yeah, yeah. Something like that, you know? There's <laughs> a whole house mop bucket water. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like <laughs> 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 Well, too much, or no, no, I don't think so. so I spe- you specifically asked, um, was, are there any boundaries here? And we said no, we didn't ask you guys, so no, you are, you are correct, mate. You are correct. You let us know if we're overstepping anything here. Well, he's got a point, dude. I think we should leave yeah. it in. Yeah, yeah, no, leave it in. No, it's it's our bad. We'll learn from this, we'll grow from this. How about yeah. we move it on in another direction, mate? Um, well, that was <laughs> well. <laughs> And let me ask, just before we do, let me ask this, let me put this question to you boys here. Do you think that many people are sensing their flies? Not as many people are, that are catching them on spin and then whacking a game changer in their mouth. What? Ooh, do you reckon that's, a, that's yeah. really happening? That's the thing. No way. Mm. Full do you on, have man. any stories on that, Jay? Do you know anyone that's done that or you just, oh. you just kind of know people do it? Drop names. Uh, well, I don't really want to drop names, but um. Okay. No, you don't have to drop names. That sounds that sounds sounds pretty gnarly. <laughs> well, honestly, do you do you think that um, you know the the social media gratification that you get from catching a fish on fly would be something that would make say uh, a young Fishermen that's after sponsors or free lures do that type of thing. It's hard to contemplate, eh? Like, I mean, it's like it's like going yeah. to the shop and buying a trophy and put your name on it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> We've all done that, though. And here's the other thing. Yeah. Why would you want to be sponsored by beast brushes? It's like winning the biggest loser. You no, know? One's, no one's... <laughs> Well, then no one's lost because no one's supposed to buy beast prices. Oh, well, that's what they're working for, mate. Is it? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, well, they, obviously it's escaped my attention, so they're not doing a good job of it. I'm just lucky my dad owns beast brushes. You are, son. <laughs> some, say, some say you were born with a silver brush in your mouth. 
I love you too, boy. Yeah, um, right. yeah that's interesting. Is that Jade Finnegan? That's you, you know of that happening, right? Is that what you're saying, mate? It's it's the fishing game. We know this. we know of people that have scented flies for sure. 100%, yeah. Well, you know? if you know of people that have scented flies. Just yeah. know that there's a there's a lot of shit going on in this game that um, people don't know about. Fire up, man! That's that's that is that is gnarly. I thought sending flies was about as gnarly as it gets, as far as um, self disrespect, you know. Yeah. But um, what about, that's um, what about chucking a big slab of uh, mackerel on after you've just fed all the GTs, the fish frames on a fly? Is that can't that counts, eh? <laughs> it's not look, scenting it as such. It's, um, well, it's kind of legit, really. I, I think it all comes undone <laughs> when you then take take the knee, put the rod over the shoulder, and then pose with it, you know, and then be like, you know, check me out. I'm a tackle toucher or something, you know. I'm not. Hey. I, 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 I'm, that, that came out wrong. I meant just like I'm 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 promoting myself, you know, sort of thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. That's what I think. I think that all comes undone like that. You know what? I reckon even people, if they want to go scent flies and feel their boots doing that, you beauty. But um, that's where it all comes undone when it becomes, uh, when it gets left out of the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially if you don't hashtag it. Yeah. Well, you know, like the old Zen saying, if if you if you you know if it hashtag if it ha- you don't hashtag it, does it truly happen? Mm. You know, it's, uh, it's, what are you? What are your thoughts on throwing a loaf of bread out and then um, throwing a bread fly? Oh, I don't have a problem with that. That's, yeah. that's uh, I mean, that's I mean, that's bread fly fishing. That's just is that sensing, but is it is it in is it in a sort of the same class or? Oh, uh, it's I, I I think if you're going to chuck bread flies, there's no point in chucking one out without unless it's in a uh, trail of bread, you know. So a trail of burley. Yeah, well, you're not going to... I mean, there's not going to be many fish that are just going to search out a single bread fly if there's no reason for them to do it, you know? That's just bread Oh, fly. There's, pl- there's plenty in the goose ponds. Well, you just, if you just chucked out, like, a bread fly, a white piece of bread, just a white bit of deer hair, belly hair, or something like that, and chucked it out, there'd be a fish that'd find that? If it was the bloody beast brushes, belly hair. <laughs> well, I mean, without pointing out the obvious, Jade, you know, like, do you reckon? I do. Really? That's that's not yeah. yeah right. Oh, that's uh, that's just trained fish then. Yeah, I got yeah. no issue with that until you put the bread actually on the hook and call it a fly. <laughs> well, but, um, this is yep. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, point. The, the big the big thing there is is your you know like in in my opinion and you know I'm, I'm definitely you know not going to hold other people to my opinion but when <clears throat> I I would have a problem with that if somebody tried to you know cover it up. You know, saying, "Well, yeah, I caught it on a clouser. I caught it on this." When yeah, done that way, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Fill your boots, but don't lie about it. Yeah, yeah. right. <clears throat> yeah, that's my stance as well. I agree. I agree with that. I think it's when people try to, you know, buy that trophy and put their name on it. You know, that's um, that's where it gets real ugly. I reckon. Yeah, it that, does. And you know, that's um. Well, here's another question: How do you guys feel about <clears throat> you know accountability on social media platforms? Because you know, back back when when I was a kid growing up, you know, if you made a big claim, you had to back it up. But 
these days it just feels like even even on social media you can say something and you know everyone has to believe you or if you do get called out um sorry if you do attempt to call someone out they'll have their their minions and followers attack you absolutely <clears throat> yeah, yeah. it's not the same as it used to be that's for sure mm. yeah yes it's a dark place it can be a, a great place as well but yeah yeah i hear what you're saying it's uh like it's social media mate. it's the wild west really at the end of the day it's uh i think um you can do whatever you want it's um it's uh but it, you know it's the people that it's the people that give it power you know what i mean the people that follow or like and press like it without without all that sort of stuff that really that's yeah, yeah if you know what i mean that's i mean it, it, there's people power i suppose people are going to react adversely if it's not cricket you know um it's, that's right if you can sleep at night knowing that you've got 47 likes that are from a false claim then more power to you <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're you're cold Better blooded. Better man than me, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, one of the, actually, this is probably a good point to skip the queue of the questions that we're thinking about. We wanted to ask you guys what you guys thought of um, the follow the beef campaign that we've been 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 banging on about on this podcast. <laughs> I quite enjoy it, mate. What what, is, what about you, Jade? Mate, you heard it? Yeah, I'm loving what do you it. Reckon? Love it. You um. Just keep doing your thing. What do you it guys makes... think? It. What do you guys like? Uh, let me ask one at a time. What do you reckon, Batesy? What do you reckon that it's about? What do you reckon? Um, you know, because people people often you know come to us and and might say along the lines without these exact words like, I know what you guys are really doing, sort of thing. But and we're like, what do you think we're doing? And they, you know, they think there's like nefarious meaning behind it and stuff like that. What do you What do you think it's about? Oh, the the beef. Yeah. It's, um... It's fairly straightforward, you know. You're seeing seeing people say, we'll say on uh, social media, like killing it, doing their thing, and and working it out, um, following the beef, you know. The substance. Yeah. Uh, who wants to put it in words without sounding like? Basically, that. people that say they're living their best life and they're not really. No. Yeah, it's, it's well. that's that's true. That's true. I guess, but it's, it's not. It's I guess you know, like it's probably a good opportunity to sort of point out that it's it's not really way we want to come across. And that's interesting that you that that you that you guys explain it like that because we might be doing it wrong. But it's more about um, it's more about guiding people into the right direction, like te- you know, giving people like talking to people about um, you know, putting their effort, time, money, whatever into the in following the right direction you know because everyone there's so many people you know like contesting for attention eh? yeah yeah exactly yeah. like you know like um people that that are selling a pro selling a product or or are selling anything but like preaching on social media pages about you know how to catch something when when they've never caught one you know or they they might have caught one or, or you know they've got no very little experience and there's plenty of people who have got this you know i guess that's more yeah. where it comes from and if, you know, I couldn't have put it better myself, mate. <laughs> How do you reckon it's gone, Volty? Have you had much much kickback outside of it? Like, do you reckon it's polarised people? It has polarised people, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I feel like when, yeah. when I'm asked to give, um, you know, an explanation of it or, or when somebody hasn't, you know, someone, I feel like they mightn't agree with it. They, they don't really understand, you know. It's, in my mind, all I'm saying 
you know, when, when I'm following the beef is, you know, like if somebody makes a big claim, it needs to be backed up. Um, and there's never been easier that, to have to have sort of evidence, you know, to back up your claims these days. Everyone's got a mobile, you know, everyone's got a camera in it. Um, you know, it's it's not, you know, it's not it's not real hard to, to be able to back something up. Um, yeah. You know, yep. I, I don't yeah, exactly. know if the guy said pigs or it didn't happen, but, you know, it's, I just find the same people saying the same shit and they don't have photos or whatever. You know, they're they're sort of stealing cred from somewhere or whatever. Um, that's one evidence of it. Um, you know, there's other. Another thing is, you know, somebody launches a new fly or a new whatever, and you know, they there's no photos of fish that is caught. There's no there's no sort of thought. You know, well, there's no explanation of the thought process and the development that went into whatever it is. You know. You know, a, a fly or a, a location or a technique or a, you know, even mm. a publication. You know, so yeah, yeah. it's um, it's just saying. You know, it's it's never been easy to find credibility and, and just look. You know, look a little bit deeper. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, are you are you looking at a noisemaker or someone who's who's doing stuff? So yeah, but, I think that to add to that, it'd be fair enough to say that you know the the point isn't attacking people like that. It's the yeah. point is is guiding people who are learning. That's that's the true intention of that follow the beef thing. You know, it's it's not about attacking those. Some people get butt hurt, but you know, if the hat fits, you know, it's like it's like being a fly tire in um in Ireland and never seeing salt water or having caught any fucking fish at all and making claims and competing with people that have worked hard on products. You know what I'm saying? No one in particular. Maybe the hat fits with someone there. I don't really fucking know. But um, that sounded a bit personal. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, well done. Maybe, maybe yeah. it wasn't. Maybe 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 someone I'm talking about I think is a real piece of shit. You know well, I don't know. Well, anyway. well, the intent the intent of what Chris and I are saying the whole reason I got into the podcast was to get people connected. Right. Um, there's enough. Sorry, there's enough. you did it. <laughs> Not laughing. We're connected. Yeah, I don't. No, well, I don't. You know, it's what I'm saying is, you know, there's is leading people down the wrong wrong path for whatever reason, either commercial or ego, ego you know, driven outcomes. Um, you know, like that's don't cut my book. And I'm saying to people, like, if you find yourself in a dead end. Then maybe the, you know to, to find a direction out is to is to see you know if the if the direction you took actually had any credibility in the first. Place. Yeah. Anyway, yep. it's getting ugly. It's just a bit of fun. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, we wanted to bring it up because um, we did we have copped a bit of shit over the year, and we we stand by it. We just want to get you guys' thoughts because um, you guys have got an interesting perspective. No, I'm all with it. I I think it's on the money. Um, yeah. Yeah, whether it's for financial gain or gain or um, you know more likes on social media, it, it'd be like um. Yeah. Oh wow! Albie's mowing the lawn out here. Sorry, yeah. Albie's literally mowing the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Too dark for uh, yeah, Whether it's financial gain or followers on Instagram, you know, um, popping a flying the fish's mouth after catching it on a lure would be the uh, opposite of following the beef you know if that yeah if that's uh, if that guy is floating your boat or that woman is floating your boat for the for the right now and you go oh they, they're onto it yeah you know, they're bum staring you yeah exactly so, yeah 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 well it's, it's very interesting mate very interesting interesting perspective that person yeah. is not following the beef i'd suggest they're touched 
<laughs> the Myth, tackle yeah. touch is oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're they're the, the tofu butcher, right? <laughs> that's the one. That's the other one that's coming out this year. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's been yeah, yeah. It's a good one. Mm. You guys, um, is there, is there any show, any episode that we've done that you guys have listened to that's um, been standout that you um that you you, you think's worth mentioning? Worth mentioning besides any of yours, Batesy? Well, there's only two right. other ones apart from this one. That Has that really been this year? Recommend. Yeah. Not this, come year, on this year, no. What um, you... my, I've, I'm, I've caught up. I haven't, the last one previous to this one, I haven't actually heard yet. I haven't done any trips in the car. Yep. But um, I'm pretty well caught up. But no, nah, not a fan. I can't. No, no standouts. Yeah, we probably should have prepared Sorry. that question, eh? Giving you a bit of time to have a look through the list. The last one was a good one with um, young young Jack. With Jack? Was that Jack Porter. Oh, that, yeah, that was, the, that was the second last one. So the last, yeah, second last was, one? Yeah. yeah. Last yeah. one, the Volti yeah. did solo with, uh, with, with John, John Billing. Yeah, I Sean love Billing. that one. Um. One of nature's gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what do, what do you guys think about? Did you guys struggle with the two week thing that we decided to do this year? Well, I think you just listen to the followers. You know that oh, it takes too long to listen to those guys. You've listened to them and you've spread it out over two weeks. I think it's pretty piss week. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> two, two two a week is ideal. One That's every yep. fortnight. You need to pull your head in, boys. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I feel. Feel diminished after hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, boys. I need a bit of, you know, Volty and Chris in my life more than once a fortnight. It's yeah. Well, you, you can hit replay. There's a few shitters there you can download again for us. That'd be cool. They're all downloaded and stuck on my phone now. Oh man, thank you very much. You know, <laughs> I wasn't dropping you up there. I'm just saying I, I can't get rid of it. Oh, I, yeah. Batesy, <laughs> what's the best? Yeah, right. um, here's a snap question, mate. Best um, best bakeries between Mackay and Townsville go. Oh, oh man, shit. I found one. Oh, good season. Found one in Fitz's pies here in Mackay. Yeah. Good coffees. Good pies. Sausage rolls. What, what else do you need in bakery? Where, where is Not it? Much. Fitzy's bakery. Is Fitzy's, that Fitzy's bakery? It's in Pageant, which is Padgett. like the oh, industrial yeah. sort of area. Yeah, right. Is that is that near where you manage your branch? <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> Just around the corner. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's. And it doesn't cool. have a world's best pie sign up or voted best pie of the year. Yeah, that's just, sus, eh? Oh, mate. You go to Pinnacle, out on the way to Kinchin Dam, or Timbra. This is just my personal opinion, but they've got signs everywhere. Mm. And the, the pies are average. Average yeah. pies. That'd be Crumb steaks are good, but the pies are average. Yeah, pies. we call that pal pies, right? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's sus, man. I think that any, any bakery that starts, you know, you know, you know, whipping their own cream on these signs, so to speak. You know, <laughs> it's just you know, it's always it's always um it's always a wild fail. You know, I you think know, well, it is. I, when it comes to pies, you got to follow the beef, right? And in that case, it sounds like minced beef rather than <laughs> chunk 
Thank you, mate. Yeah. 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 Okay. So the Fitzy's chunky pie is about kilo and a half. And it's a big oval pufta. It's a... No way. It's a little work in your mouth, eh? Now, wow. how does it follow That's up? That's one pussy you want in your mouth. <laughs> Say that it's again. one you should let in there anyway. <coughs> okay, so um, what about Proserpine? Is there a good one up that way? Um, That's was, actually not I was a there. one behind that servo. Yeah, that, that one at Prothopine Proth- Proth- is pretty good, man. That's a pisser. Yeah, that's a good okay. one there. They've got, they got great stuff there. I, I, I rate that one as well uh, as my limited experience. Yes, great pie. Jock Ime's in Bowen. That's a good one. I've actually been, been there. there too with uh, Morgan Walton. Morgan Walton? He's a blast from the past. How is a mad dog these days? Mad dog is as mad as a bloody dog, I tell you. <laughs> 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 Feelings. Feelers pies and Townsville's are underrated, but they're a good pie. Yeah, right, okay. Where are uh, they? Just, get, just going back to the Bowen one, if 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 you I mean, is it true that you get ten percent off if you if you mention the discount code Ross? <laughs> Up to you. <laughs> oh, no yeah. idea. So have you tried yeah, it? Ross, next next time Ross. you go into the Bowen one, uh, go in there and say, Hey, uh, just looking for the ten percent discount, Ross. Got a voucher code here, Ross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, try it. I believe the the Frothopine, um Bakery does the same thing too. Is it? Can you say that again, Chriso? Why is that, mate? The the what? What? We got bad connection here or something? Yeah, no. I just seem to be losing you at, at Froth. Oh, right. Okay. Um, I'll work on my enunciation. Yes, the Frothopine Bakery is. Um... <laughs> yeah, a lot of people froth over that one. Yeah, it's it's a great place for coffee, right? As well. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> cool. Only way to pee first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, mate. It's it's full froth, fully sick, fully froth. Um, bakery that one. I like it. Mate. The I like their I like their apple turnovers there with the fresh cream. Very filling. Yeah. Oh, fresh. Sausage rolls are pretty nice. Um, you know the iced coffee is pretty standard. I don't get the hot coffees from bakeries. It's just I'm in I'm in a I'm in a fast mood there, you know. But I do like to chase it up with uh, caffeine. Now that oval pie that you're talking about there, Batesy, I was I was trying to ask you there, what's that like with an ice break chaser? Is it heavy? You feel like I don't ice, it? I don't know ice break. That's a that's a quick trip to the dunny for me, man. I just get <laughs> a, a real coffee these days. Really, the ice breaks yeah. too much for, for your for your Why? delicate bowels. He doesn't even get coffee. He doesn't even get sugar in his coffee. He's, just to, in, he's in management just, these days. He doesn't need it, you know? Yeah, okay. He's not even on the tools. He can't burn that sugar off, you know? Yeah. Yeah, from being a supervisor, a branch oh, manager. Yeah. I thought, oh, yeah, no, dad bods, that's, that's a shot. But having a dad bod combined with a bloody office job, I'm turning into a fat lard. Yeah, look, mate. Maybe um, plus plus giving up the Winnie Blues, that'll do it too. Yeah, yeah. maybe maybe stop eating. What is it? A kilo and a half pie? Did you say? That's oh, like a what? family pie you're eating for lunch, right. there, mate. What? It feels like a kilo and a half. It's probably not. I'm not. I used to be a broom fisherman, right? The size of a good broom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the old blue nose meat pie. That's him. <laughs> Yeah, well, mate, I just Googled it, right? The average family meat pie is 750 grams, 
And you're eating a kilo and a half, mate. Mate, they're eating fish two, fam- two family, two family meat pies for lunch every day, right? And a, and what, like a large coffee with no sugar, like it's going to offset a kilo and a half of meat. Yeah, yeah, do you want me to sit down on the cement and just you can drop a toe on my nut? And what's that going to achieve? This conversation right now. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, mate, we're, we're all friends here. That's a touchy subject, though. Eh? How are you going to go with with this new YouTube video then? Well, is, it, is there some sort of filter? Corset. Camera and ten pounds. How many cameras are you going to have on you, buddy? Oh, one eye. It'll make his um, longies look a lot bigger. Yeah, that's true. Perspective. Yeah, look at this lean long tail. We'll make Wait, his man. roll cast look a lot longer too. <laughs> <laughs> um, Olsi used to be a lean long tail until he had it removed. <laughs> oh, that's true. A long, a, a long vestigial tail tuner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one, that doesn't get old, does it? You know, like, um, you can still wag that nub though, can't you? Yeah, but no one knows. Probably anyway, he's excited. Anyway, he's happy, yeah. Yeah. You know, you're happy and you know it. Wag your nub. <laughs> <laughs> wag, wag your nub, basically. <laughs> 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 I've got one more subject of contention for you guys. What do you guys think of the uh, the modern day fly fishing hippie? Mm, good question. Oh. <laughs> Is that a stab at me again? Mate, just because you got I don't dirt, think you got a man bun. Doesn't mean you're a hippie, dude. If you got a man bun. Yeah, that's a, what I'm um, talking about. Like um yeah, oh. man bun, three quarter length pants, boat shoes, you know, linen shirt. Five, five panel hat. Moccasins in a van. Yeah, yep, yep. Um <laughs> probably probably got like a Yeti tumbler or something like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> got a got a oh, got a beard that you could hide tackle in, you know, but um and puts up captions like just to so add just, a hey. visual aspect to this um, podcast, Basie's drinking a fucking great Northern original with a Yeti beer tumbler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, knew I, I, I knew that was a broad cast of the net, that one, and I knew I was going to get someone. You got it's him, mate. That's a manager <laughs> for you, mate. That's, that's what management does to you. you know, that's that like, Yeti. Yeah. He's yeah. all about you know name brands and you know consumers. <laughs> do you think that um do you think that rocking up to work with that yeti tumbler is is a flex of a higher pay grade that gives you an authority over these guys make, mate right. you, you don't, don't even know they make <laughs> money to be out there yeah good one here you go the the, the supervisor yeah i found it <laughs> by the way by the way get over and do that will you <laughs> yeah <laughs> You guys have got no idea how hard it is in this office eating kilo and a half pies all day. <laughs> it doesn't take me all day to eat one of them, mate. <laughs> <laughs> mate, it, it just seems like a it seems like a pretty appropriate flex, mate. You've earned it, mate. Well, he does. Yeah, you don't, mate. You don't just walk into a position like that, mate. Branch manager takes time. <laughs> Yeah, you got to look like a tree to cut down trees. <laughs> <laughs> you need permits. You need permits to cut down mangroves too. Yeah. <laughs> Is that why they're uncut? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, mum changed the locks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got a Google Frenzel songs now. That would have been, that would have been a better angle. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm blown away that you're related to Barry Gibb, Jade. I, um, that's, that is absolute Australian musical royalty right there, mate. And um, yeah. we've, we've taken a plunge with many, many uh, Australian artists on this show, like most recently with Jimmy Barber. Jimmy with, Barnes. Yeah, Jimmy mm, Barnes yeah. thing. And, you know, but we could really, we could really, um, you know, go to town with the, uh, with, the, with the Gibb one, mate. But, I mean, I feel a little bit disrespectful to do that since he's a relative of yours. Um, oh, mate, go for it. No, he's, no, no. Uh, he's I, uh, um, no longer with us, is he? No. Oh, you know, mate. You're rally. Oh yeah, that's right. I went. Yeah, you went I, I went to the funeral. Yeah, yeah. In Redcliffe, this is a statue. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, mate. Here we go. Here we go. Um, you turn the mower down, man. mate. Dave's dad's actually uh, name's Mel. Mel. Oh, this is yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, so, oh god. Right. I'm going to ask you to start again, and put your mouth closer to the microphone. Whatever you I use. Have a microphone. Well, you're picking up. I'm picking you up on Jade's mic as well as your mic. Okay, so it's, <laughs> it's like the a Lord little bit of a double up. Do you want me to and steal I, the punchline here? And I want to hear Go the story. Now, just start the story again. I didn't hear it because it just sounded like two people saying it at once. Well, Jade's um, father's name is Mal. Mal. Yeah. Um, Jade's actually Mal Gibbs' son. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, delivered like a Domino's pizza, that one. Fuck. I get it. Oh, yeah. mm. That's totally yeah, bounced out of top of me. Mal Gibb. Yeah. Mal? Mal. Oh, very anti-Semitic, mate. Yeah. Mal, oh, Mal, like Mal Gibson. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know, bro. I don't know anybody's dad's name right. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Albie's Albie's pissed off of that bad joke. That's his. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't swear at me for it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, gentlemen, yeah. I guess um I guess this takes us to to the end. So, you know, we 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 did an hour um trip report before this, so we've got a two hour show in the can right now. Um, basically, I want to say thanks, mate, for your continued support and your um and your um, third appearance, mate, and green jacket for your championship uh -huh. round here, mate. Masters round. Um, and Gibbo, mate, thanks for making the time and thanks for your intros, mate. Like in the past, it's been bloody awesome, mate. I don't know why we don't do the intros. Oh, the intros can this year too. We just got sick of chasing them. Yeah. Make oh, really? Yeah. yeah. If we need someone for the gig, just give us a holler. We might need, we might need a bit more professional ad read, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can do lots of voices. Yeah, that'd be give good. Us, give us an yeah. example. Can you do Chris Bates? Oh yeah. Do <laughs> this, do that. Nailed it. Do that, do that. Give me a pie, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> you guys do that, I'm going to pie. Let me tie my dreadlocks up. Anyone seen my Yeti? Yeah. Rucka rucka rucka. <laughs> Roll cast. <laughs> they were at me feet, mate. <laughs> Couldn't get him to Longies. Pelagics, <laughs> charter boat. I don't know if you guys know, but I'm at Mackay. Um, <laughs> What's that, mate? 
It's like you're replaying the, the start of the uh, podcast over the like a, a bounce back thing, like an echo. It sounds like me. <laughs> you, you yeah, that's realize. probably that's probably got a bit to do with the forty knot east northeast southerly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> southerly. I, I think I know what Luke it is. Not. Jade, your impression was so good that, that Faith yeah. thought his voice was getting played back. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang in there, Batesy. Yeah. Oh, mate. I um, probably got to shoot, attend to these uh, these cuties. Yeah. Right, Leave Gibbo on there, mate. You go do what you got to do. You stay with us for a sec, Jade. What do you reckon? Yeah, mate. Yeah. Whatever you need. You sound like nah. you understand how a microphone works a lot better too. By the way. Oh, mate. I'm bought headphones, headphones just for this. Nice, mate. See, see, mate. You should be the branch manager. Oh, this is this is going in my blog. Can you? I might we'll write you a resume, Jade. What do you reckon, mate? You give it. We're working on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're working on it. Going on in the background, mate. It's uh, oh. what sort of parent? Albie, Albie's ran out of fuel in yeah. the mower. Oh yeah. <laughs> and um, basically doesn't know how to mix two stroke. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> you sure he doesn't know how to mix two stroke? He's got a few kids now. I don't know, mate. He's wearing Havianas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. So he's missing the whole croc thing, mate. I tell you, I think that's got legs, the croc lube there, Jade. Well, we'll run with it, I reckon. Yeah, if your YouTube channel doesn't take off, mate, I really think that's the direction you need to go. Well, I've got to do something, mate. I think it's going to come down to a matter of understanding where you can harvest this product and a sustainable source, right? Now, um, speaking of sustainable source, there's a big lot of drippings that come off Volty's pelt. I'm sure that you guys can work something out. Definitely. Yeah. Shame to waste it. You know? It's like yeah. human lanolin. Yeah. Would that be like a, a float for a, a dry fly? Hey, are you back? You sort you sorted out the um the basketball team, mate? Have you? Go anywhere. anywhere Superwoman yeah. come out and snapped him. Right. Yeah. Right. That was right up the leg. Batesy, are you on speakerphone, mate? Mate, nothing's changed. I'm on the same setup I was on before. Something <laughs> is changed, mate. I mean, Volta, you can hear it, right? It sounds like there's three of Batesy now, doesn't it? Oh, no. We've got all his personalities here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to wrap it up or what? You guys had enough? I think due to audio Christmas. issues... Yeah, well, yeah, let's let's wrap it up. Let's say our um, let's extend our greatest contrafibularities to each other right now, and then um, and we'll get out of here. Yeah, Balti, is there something you want to share with the group? Uh, I just want to say um, thanks for your support, as Chris said earlier. We appreciate it over the years and this year in particular. Um, uh, good luck with uh, tackle touches, and um, with that in mind, gentlemen, um, have a a safe and happy Christmas, and keep in touch with yourselves. All right. No worries. Thanks. Thank you. Hey. I'm going to um, extend it past these two fine gentlemen and um, and also echo Volty's sentiments in that respect. Have a safe and Merry Christmas, gents. But to all the listeners out there for the Intermediate Line podcast, no matter where you are in the world, thank you for listening to us idiots. We don't pretend to know everything, but we will guarantee to show up. That's for sure. And that's all we can really promise. And thank you for your support, guys. Um, and, uh, yeah. That's all I wanted to say. And it, Sound like and if you're good. ever, um, if you're ever in Mackay, make sure you um, come up and um, give us a bell, and we'll get you roll casting at some um, longies. That sounds like it. That sounds like a tour company in itself, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe you know um, there might be a club start from it. The the Mackay <laughs> Rollcast Club. <laughs> Mackay touches. Yeah, the longy touches. Yeah. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe that one might end up in court someday. Who knows? But uh, who knows? Well, look, gentlemen and uh, ladies and gentle gentlemen who are listening out there in um, podcast land, thank you. Let's get out of here, and we will be back. I don't know what date we'll be back. Let's. I'll, I'll hypothesize this, but I can't guarantee it. But I would say, without talking to Voltsy, we're probably going to be back about mid-Jan, about the eleventh. We're going to have a couple of weeks what? off. Two weeks. 11th. This is a three-week huh? holiday, mate. That's, that's, three, that's three weeks, isn't it? There. Hang on. Um, one, two. Ralsey's yes. on long service leave, isn't he? Ralsey, that's, that's three weeks, mate. <laughs> we're back. Well, we're back on one, two. Uh, so, yeah, the 11th. If we go back on the 11th, the show on the last three weeks between the two. All right. Well, look, <clears throat> in the meantime, if I don't get the union involved, I'll see you on the 11th. You know? But, yeah. It um, sounds good, man. Let's do Legs it. 11. Mm. Once upon a time and a half. That's true. <laughs> Thanks right. for having us, legends. No worries, guys. Thanks for coming on. Even if Batesy ruined it, but we'll we'll let it slide, mate. He's a he's a green jacketer. There's nothing he can do wrong. Mate, all stay out of each other, boys. <laughs> How many Batesies are there right now? One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> all right. For real, let's get him here. See you, boys. See you, guys. Legends.
The one we 